Justin Barsha, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hey, this is Chase Sexton, you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Welcome to the Moto X Pod Show, starring Darkseid, with co-host Scotty, sometimes TJ. What's up, guys? We are back. I'm Darkseid, your host of the Moto X Pod Show. Tonight, it's episode 248. Got a great freaking lineup. Very excited about it. Kyle Chisholm's going to come on. The King, Jeremy McGrath, he's going to be on. He hasn't been on since show 100. Incredible. Cannot wait to talk to MC. Kristen Anderson, part owner of WUSA with her husband, John. She's going to come on, talk about the W uh, World Vet Motocross Championships at Glen Helen this past weekend. We're going to talk a little bit about my experience and sure most of you have already heard about it we'll get into it a little bit more and then a friend of mine tiffany miller she's going to come on she works for motorsport.com and she also has been helping with moto resumes helping kids get the resumes together get you know sponsors figured out she's going to come on talk about what she's doing maybe you need some help you know with with your resume getting some sponsors so tiffany will come on help you out i want to thank our title sponsor cherubies usa for decades the cherubies usa has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories the products that fit perfect, look great, and last. The Cherubies has what you need. Whether you need a full plastic kit, individual pieces, hand guards, chain guides, and sliders, or anything else they offer, visit CherubiesUSA.com and support our title sponsor. And, of course, on board with us as our co-title sponsor, Racetech, which is the world's largest aftermarket suspension modification company. All Racetech products include award-winning goal valves, and settings are 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. Visit Racetech.com for more info and use that promo code Moto XPod to save. I had the P the the race tech suspension on my bike this weekend. Scotty, we're gonna talk about Glen Helen and how that went. Um, but the stuff was killer once we got it set in. You know, obviously we had to do some Michael Lindsay had to help me get some settings, but once it was there, oof, wasn't bad. It wasn't bad for as bad as that track was. It it I don't think anybody's suspension was great, other than maybe Steve Mathis, which we'll talk about that crap too in a minute. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, good stuff, man. I was really excited. Fly Racing on board with us since 1998. Fly Racing has been developing and innovating its gear lines. Check out your local dealership, WPS, distributing Fly Racing gear, as well as all the other products distributed by WPS, including X-Brand Goggles. X-Brand Goggles has become one of the choice goggle companies for many of the top privateers, including Kyle Chisholm, Craig DeLong from GNCC, Ben LeMay, Ryan Brees, myself, Steve Mathis this weekend, there is, if you guys are watching, there is a set of black WUSA goggles on the table. Those are Lucid's made by X-Brand, but they are branded with the W logos. Those are things that are going to be available soon through WUSA. Those were cool. We got a set of those a little early. Got to run them this weekend at Glen Helen. Works Connection Connections also on board. Since the inception of Works Connection in 1989, X-Fips' goal has to has been to produce works-like products for the general public with products like the industry standard 
Pro Launch Start Device, the Elite Clutch Perch, Radiator Braces, Customized Master Cylinder Covers, and much more. It's hard to imagine you not going to worksconnection.com so you too can have what the pros use. And don't forget to use that promo code MOTOXPOD20. Torque One Racing on board, our jerky, Berm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID. Got a lot of comments out of my Iron Maiden themed gear this weekend. Shock Socks is on board, Williams Moto Works, Extreme Colors Helmet Painting, Blood Lubricant Oils, Power Band Racing, True Fusion Sports, and Grill Your Ass Off. All helping the show out, all taking care of us, Scotty. What's been going on, Scotty? Oh, man. It's, it's been going. It's This this whole world That's for it. this show has been changing, hasn't it? Something's coming, guys. So, if you you know, we haven't been doing regular shows the off-season. We kind of do it every other week we can. I've been traveling. Starting in 2023, there's going to be some upgrades, some big changes. We're going to be running through the Vital Podcast uh, app or the, the mm-hmm. channel. We've got new sponsors coming on in 23. So, there's going to be some big changes. There's some upgrades it's going to be good. We're going to try to be, we should be a lot more regular on the schedule. Yep. Probably going to be moving nights a little bit. We're still working all those kinks out, but over the next month and a half before January, before Anaheim one, we're going to get everything locked in. Looking forward to that. Um, yeah. Excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, you know, I've, I've recently started a new job. That's going to allow me to be able to put more effort and time into this. So yeah, About the good thing, time. good things coming. About time. You put some effort into this. Oh, you said more effort. Yeah. More than one. <laughs> Are you gonna be at okay. five? I'm gonna let it slide. I'll let it slide because <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna. Uh, I feel like I'm gonna get a couple of chances to bash in here a little bit, so I'll let that one slide. No, you weren't there. You were. You're not allowed. To, you don't know what happened. But we'll get into my thing here in just a second before we get into the guests. I, I do want to give my condolences, say a word to about. I, yes. I never got the chance to meet Coy Gibbs, and after listening to Pulp last night and some of the stories I heard Sunday at the racetrack from Mathis and the guys, I, I'm so. I'm, I'm very uh, disappointed that I never got a chance to meet Coy listening to Pulp last night and some of his audio back and the stories that him and Weeds were telling. I was just cracking up. Guy seems seemed like he was incredible. So, yeah, condolences to the family, to the Gibbs family, to all the industry people that had a chance to get to know Coy a little bit and interact with him. Uh, yeah, we lost. it sounds like we lost a, a, really, a really good guy. And, you know, obviously innovative in the sport with some of the things he was trying to do with JGR. So, yeah, sorry to all you that knew Koi, and it, it it's a loss. It's it's a bum, a bummer. Did you ever really hear much about him? No, I, I mean, interviews, obviously. I, yeah, I, I, I heard about it last night, and, uh, man, the, the, first of all, the Gibbs family is, you know, kind of an American inspiration story family, yeah. yeah so i've i've always kind of respected the way that they came into it i thought the jgr thing was like i, I thought that's what the sport needed and yeah and, and i know Absolutely. he fed a lot i know he faced a lot of adversity with that and he kind of paved the way for a lot of things so you know just you know i think of he's a few years younger than my dad and, and it just you you think about just someone losing like mm-hmm. you, you don't you're not supposed to see your children pass away yeah. and, and yeah, for joe to have to go through Two of those, it's it's just sad. So Very. the 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 uh, the condolences to the family is is definitely there. Thoughts and prayers, and you know, yep. just hate to see that for somebody. Absolutely. Let's get into Glenn Helen. Actually, before Glenn Helen, Paris Supercross coming up this weekend. I leave Thursday. Eli Tomac, Ken Roxon, Lawrence brothers are out uh, visa issues or something. Marvin Muscan, Cooper Webb, Justin Brayton, Alex Ray, Kevin Moran, Justin Starling. Chris Blows, Cullen Park, Jason, a bunch of other European riders. Um, it's going to be a good event. 
Who you got? Who's the winner? Eli Tomac. Yeah, I think so, right? Yeah. It's kind of hard to go against. Oh, against yeah, I didn't Eli. realize you said Tomac. Yeah, hey, yeah, Tomac. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be tough to not go with him. Well, I think um, if that track gives anybody, I'm not going to say an advantage on Tomac, but it gives anybody a chance to maybe have a couple of spots better than Tomac, I would say that t- that type of track would probably behoove Muskin or Roxon maybe a little bit. Maybe that tightens it up, but I still think Tomac's got it. All right. Well, it's I mean, he's be, gotten I'm everything excited. he's done this year. So it's our, really our last off season race. And then yeah. we, we're into the home stretch of mm-hmm. training and getting mm-hmm. ready for a one. It's right around the corner. So I'm looking forward to it. I've never been overseas like that. Uh, it's, it's going to be an exciting, fun event. It's going to be a lot of work, but I cannot wait. So mm-hmm. It's going to be, I, I get to hang out with the boys. Yeah, that's going to, yeah, it's going to be awesome. All it's right. cool to, have you been to Europe? I just said I've never been overseas. Oh. Dude, man, I'm right. telling you, man, I'm doing like five things right well, now. We got one camera, right? Yeah. That's all that's working. Is that what you Well, I know, but I mean, I, I, chat's going. Oh, I got you. Yeah, I got you. My bad. That's all right. Um, so, yeah, hey, Glenn Helen didn't go so well. Glen Helens, I've never been there, but it sounds like it's a place where dreams are broken. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. I, I look the track. I've been there before. It's rough. I've never seen it as rough. I've never rode on it the way it was. Like literally three, I think three practices I got Friday during open practice, and there was moments where I would lose my vision because it was so rough, and I was bouncing around so much that I could not focus. Like it was unreal. Michael Lindsay, first shout out to KTM and Andy Jefferson for hooking me up with a bike. I, had, I rode a KTM 350. They didn't have any Huskies available, so I want to give those guys a shout out, as well as John and Kristen Anderson for getting me some W wheels for the bike. Uh, really great machine. Took a little bit to get the suspension adjusted for something that rough. No big jumps, just a track that was absolutely beat to crap. Unlike anything I rode. And, and the guys, you listened to a little bit of Pulp, I think, but they were giving me crap saying that uh, I had a bit of a meltdown Friday. I was unhappy. I was ready to go back to Texas. Michael Lindsay seems to confirm that. We're going to talk about that on a wrap-up <laughs> show tomorrow night because Michael Lindsay will be on the wrap-up with me. Uh, I don't think I was – like in my head, I wasn't having a meltdown. I was just like, okay, this is not what I was expecting. Not riding well. Steve was definitely faster. I knew pretty much right away Steve was better than I was there. And I was a little bit bummed, but I don't feel like I had a meltdown. I was like, I just, and I was scared. I was literally, okay, what? That means check your phone. I can't. (laughs) This is very, we're we're doing a great job here. I can't can't look at my phone right now. I got it. We're trying to carry the show. Um, Anyway, so yeah, it was not good. They told me I was having like just breakdown, not going well. Kiefer's in my face once we get to his house with the camera, which instantly I know like he's using trying to get content to make me look bad. I don't know, man. What 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 would you think if you go into a situation like this where you, you're like, okay, I, I feel like I know how it's going to go. I've been training. I feel good. Uh, my cardio is pretty good. I've been riding a lot. I haven't had any arm pump. And then you get to a place and everything goes out the window that you've been. Yeah, that pretty expecting. much explains every. That pretty much explains every single race i go to get hyped ready to go and then you know i'm next thing i know i'm in a fence like <laughs> that happened last time i raced <laughs> yeah it's it's just it totally like i had these expectations of being decent moving up a class i certainly didn't expect to be like anywhere near the top yeah 
I, well, I, I, I don't, just expected to ride like I've been riding at home. It's pretty, you get the and pressure it, and it's hard. You know, I, I still haven't gotten to that part yet, but like how far back, how bad, like how far away from you were him? Were okay, you? so Moto 1, like I have, I'm trying to remember exactly. Moto 1, I got a terrible start and he was pretty far up. I think they said he had like eight seconds on me. Maybe that was in practice. That was in practice Friday. I, like a lap, not not at the end. Like a lap is what they were saying on Friday. But yeah, he he motored away from me on Moto One. Uh, I didn't really make up a whole lot of spots. Moto Two, I got a good start. I was in front of him until we got to Mount St. Helens, and I got held up at the base of the hill. And he just went around because it was three lanes. He went around, pulled up the hill. And, and kind of got me, but I, I was staying pretty close for the first two and a half laps, and then I stalled the bike, and that was it. He was gone. Yeah, uh, it took me a second to refire the bike, and I was all the adrenaline kind of washed out of me, mm-hmm. and I was I got arm pump, and I was done. And then Moto Three, we went into again the first lap, Mount St Helens. I'm following these two guys on the inside. One dude falls. There's really only room for one bike. So the guy behind him tries to climb up the hill, the, the embankment to go around him. He falls, and I'm stuck. I, I can't go anywhere. I had yeah. to literally wait for them to get up, get out of the way. Easily so Grab some seconds. clutch and go hop some bikes. Dude, yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't something that was know, physically possible, just... the way that was set up. I had to shift down to first just to get up the hill at that point because yeah. I had no momentum. And he was gone. Like, he was better than I was. Absolutely. There were some times where I felt like I should have been a little closer to him, but just certain things happen. But, yeah, he showed up with, for those that haven't heard yet, he showed up with KYB suspension that Gilly, Eli's guy, tuned for him, came out to Glen Helen and did some testing. He had, like, the full Eli Tomac suspension set up there, Scotty. Yeah, that's – he is that was that his surprise? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean – does does that really even transfer? Like, does that even? Oh, I think in the track like that, having absolutely the best suspension almost you could get, yeah. But did, did was it set up for Tomac or did they? No, it was set up for Steve. That's what I said. They, they came out and tested, tested with him. With yeah, it. yeah, okay. yeah. Earlier, like a week ago. Like, so yeah, so he was he was feeling no pain. Yeah, and he, he rides there a lot. <laughs> Again, no real excuses from me. He was better. Period. Well, yeah, and like so, you know, uh, Table Jam said kind of the same thing. That I said. I mean, he used to be like a pro rider. You've like you, this is your first intermediate I mean, race you've ride ever done. Pro class in Canada. I don't. Yeah, know. but used to ride pro. Your first intermediate race ever. I'll, I have some I, technique issues. There's no doubt. I wasn't standing up enough. Like I have a tendency, and, and Michael's been on me. ML's been on me about like I slam on my rear brake. I get. I feel like I'm going to charge into a corner at the last second. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be able to stick in the corner, and I just lock the brake up. Yeah, and lose all my momentum. It makes the bike, you know, yeah. unsettle. It's just a bad, bad technique. Yeah. I've already reached out to Van Martin. I th- I'm planning <laughs> on going down to Texas Tornado and spending a couple days. It's never too late. To, to, you, yeah. An old dog can learn new tricks. It, there's, there's time. Uh, it's time to upgrade my technique. I have to do some work. Uh, Docs may maybe help out. Docs give yeah. some lessons. Well, my thing was is I, I you know, I've, I've had okay technique. There's probably a lot of things that I could do better. But my thing is is like I've never really gotten myself in enough shape to yeah. like where the technique really even matters. So the fact that you're getting in shape, that the the technique will, you know, you can still learn new ones. I hope so because that's I, the biggest I thing, though, is that you're getting riding. in more shape. 
I don't really care about going back to Glen Helen again. I mean, we may do it next year. There's talks about doing the 24 hours of Glen Helen. There's talks about doing some other off-road stuff. Yeah. Talk a, but I want to get better. Uh, talk about uh, talk a little bit about your KTM factory experience. How how you felt like a factory rider? Oh, it was just cool. It was cool that to get a bike from KTM. Like go to KTM, they give you a bike. They didn't have a Husky. You know, Johnson over wheels. Someone said you had Husky forks on a KTM. I did have. Well, I brought my forks. Right, my oh, suspension. From, okay, from the the three fifty. Yeah, but we did. I did not change out the fork guards, which Michael gave me crap about that. But I had my hole shot device already mounted. Oh, I yeah. I couldn't drill holes in the in KTM's fork guard. Was it a was it back. a four fifty or that no, was a three fifty? Oh, okay, we just had to change the linkage out because the suspension the linkage is different. But yeah, I I just ran my fork guards because I wanted to run a hole shot device. It, didn't need to because my starts were so bad, not because of the whole shot device. Did it Did it feel just like your bike? It didn't feel anything like my bike, but I don't know how much of that is the track because I've never rode anything. And that's another thing. He was on his bike that he yeah. made the best his bike has ever been. Right, right. And then... I'm, I'm telling you, there was pothole, like breaking bumps that were like curbs, like a six or eight inch curb. It, there was... Bumps going down Mount St. Helens. Bumps going down bumps. Yeah, there was bumps on bumps. Like they'd be small, and all of a sudden there'd be a big one, and there'd be a small one. Some of them were at a forty-five degree angle. It, it it was. I used the word I was terrified last night on pulp, and there was moments of being yeah sheer terror. Honestly, when when tracks get like that, the, the break like I know that breaking bumps are coming, and, and yeah. it's it's the trying to get back on the gas and the acceleration bumps that kill me. They're coming into a corner and then just. Trying to hit a jump, like oh, I, I hate that, that so Especially much. Once I got arm pump, it, there's probably was, ruts up every jump. Oh, yeah. so, and, okay, at the last moto, you couldn't see the top of the hill because that's oh. where the sun was. It was pure blindness going up the hill, and I was like squinting, just looking, going as slow as possible, looking for the top of the hill. Did you have tinted? Did you have? Oh yeah, t- yeah. I great. I mean, the, I had the most tinted lens I could, but it was so bright. But then matter. there was other guys like in the morning in practice. Heading west, heading east, you couldn't see anything. Yeah, and there's guys like wide open going over the jumps. <laughs> I'm some like, dude, people, I literally can't see the track. There's yeah, some people just dude, they just walk with their balls dragging the ground, man. Yeah, they just do. There's some people absolutely nuts. Uh, I had Brownie blow by me in practice, and you know uh, Ben Lemay was out there. Of course, Kiefer, and McGrath. Very, very cool experience. The hang was awesome. Lucas Myrtle absolutely berated me and made me laugh for about 30 minutes. <laughs> Tell me how bad I was. How, look, listen, listen, mate, you suck. You either need to go out and send it and win or you leave here with a broken femur. Those are your two options. <laughs> I was like, okay, Mertz. All right, all right. So. I'm with, I'm with, I'm with Table. Table Jam said, like, so. X Pro on Tomax 450 and Dark Side on KTM 350. Well, there says a lot. <laughs> he was a better rider. I'm not going to take those. There's some excuses there. Some of them maybe are legitimate, somewhat reasons. He was a better rider. He was in front of me a few times. I could see his entry speed. He was pretty smooth, just plugging along. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, all right, let, let's. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll come back with Kyle Chisholm. We're going to see if we can figure out what's going on with the cameras and stuff. We will be right back. What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Intercom. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, 
They are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeeUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorhead Pajo sent you. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal. But thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand Goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand Goggles. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Brand Goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm. And for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to EKSBrand.com or email DarksideMX3 at AOL.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then if you're looking for top quality hard parts you need to visit torque one racing torque one racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the moto x pod show find the flow with torque one racing handlebars levers shifters brake pedals and grips torque one racing is the title sponsor of the moto x pod show so support those who support us visit torqueoneracing.com and order your defy lock on grips today all right, guys, we're back, and our first guest of the night is going to be brought to you tonight by Works Connection, which you guys know since 1989, Eric, Eric Phipps's goal has been to produce Works-like products for the general public with products like the Industry Standard Pro Launch Start Device and the Elite Clutch Perch. It's hard to imagine not going to worksconnection.com and having what the pros use, Scotty. Don't you, uh, you use Pro Launch Start, Start Device, right, Scotty? I would love to. Oh, you don't have one? No, oh, yeah, I would, I would love to. <laughs> well, tonight, Works Connection brings us Kyle Chisholm, Chiz, what's your favorite Works Connection part? They, they make too much good stuff, man. <laughs> I honestly, uh, I use pretty much everything that they have, like Yamaha, you know, Blue Crew. Yeah. Don't I don't need the hour meter anymore. Hour meter was always good, but with Yamaha, you got the you know the ECU, go on the app and it tells you hours and all that. So that was always one. That's one thing I don't use anymore because of the Yamaha. But man, I use the the clutch lever perch. Um, the the launch device, or I always call it the whole shot, sure, device, pro whatever, but whatever you call it, launch launch device. Um, gosh, all like the brake caps. I run like the guard on the rear master cylinder or whatever, yeah, like right there. Um, gosh, now I'm like blanking. You know, I should I should be better at this. No, but it's good. I run pretty much everything that they that they make. You know, whatever for the most part. So yeah, they're awesome. Being an older, slower vet rider, I like all the pretty stuff. Like you said, the anodized parts. Now they can engrave. Like they, my master yeah. cylinder cover has the Moto X Pod Show logo in it. Like I like all that stuff because, as yeah. my buddy says, yeah. all show and no go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm right there with you though. I older I get, I kind of and you know doing my own little program like yeah. racing. I kind of I like to you know. I'm not super into it, but the, now the more I, older I've gotten, like I said, I kind of like, oh, I want to make sure the bike looks cool, has some cool stuff on it. So yeah, they make, like I said, all their stuff is just trick, nice, it's good quality, it, it's it's good stuff. Yeah. 
Well, let's, uh, I want to get into a few different things with you. Obviously you, you did the world supercross stuff. It did not go any way whatsoever, the way you'd planned, man, what happened? <laughs> honestly, I mean, I don't want to say it couldn't have gotten worse because obviously I'm, I'm healthy. Yeah. So that, that's obviously all good. But besides that, it, it honestly, if it could go wrong, it went wrong. I mean, I think looking back at the very first, you know, main event of the series and Cardiff, I didn't have the best start, but I made a quick, couple quick moves. I got into second, had a pretty easy second. I think it was Oldenburg and then me and then like blows. And just had a you know easy cruise second, had like two laps to go, and I get a flat tire. <laughs> I couldn't tell you the last time I got a flat tire, right? Um, but came over the finish line, um, didn't know it, but I, I don't know when it went flat. There's a little like double into a corner, and um, yeah, just lost the lost the rear end as a rear flat, and the track was pretty hard and slippery, and came over this little double that you kind of kind of just set up the turns, so you kind of turned off of it, and I just lost the rear end and ate crap pretty hard. <laughs> My fingernail is still black from smashing it um, in between my, my grip and my works and action clutch perch, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I ate it pretty hard. So first moto riding good, feeling good. Team was awesome. Running second, you know, a couple laps to go and get a flat tire next start, you know, five minutes later, first turn pile up. And it's just like, gosh, whatever. So go to Australia a couple weeks later and, you know, a little more time. I only had like five days on the 250. Um, before going there, but still felt good, but got a few more days on it and then go to Melbourne and every heat race, pretty good. Had a, again, maybe a fifth place start, made some passes, got up to second. Um, not, it was only like five laps. So another lap or two, I think maybe could have won, but my lap times were good. I was like, I don't know, top, top three lap times between both heats. So like speed was there. I felt good. Got second that heat race. And then Every start, either the first or second turn, I was I got taken out, and I I don't like blaming it. Oh, I got, you know, whatever. If I got the whole shot, I wouldn't have been. You know, that wouldn't have happened, right? Sure. I should have got the whole shot. Should have got a better start. But really, like, what are the chances? Every start, all three main events went down in the first or second turn, with <laughs> Sealy, then with Bogle, and then with a few guys with Carson Brown and a few guys. And the last one did me pretty good. I he kind of. Carson kind of went over the little double into the second turn and which was really close. So everyone was really tight and he kind of tried to dart to the inside. Must have not known I was there. And I pretty much landed in the back of him. High sided, got ran over, uh, smacked my head on the berm pretty hard. Lay got stuck in his rear wheel. He was dragging me up the berm. Oh, geez. And yeah, just like I said, all in all, I hit my head pretty good. Um, I remembered everything, but definitely was, you know, seeing Tweety Bird for, for a couple, you know, for a minute or so. And uh, that was my weekend there. Just, like I said, felt good. Speed was good. Heat race was pretty good. Lap times were good in the heat race. And just, I couldn't make it out of the first two turns in any of the races. Just uh, definitely a bummer because, you know, I, I worked hard. I was super excited. I had a great time um, working with the CDR uh, Monster Energy Yamaha team. They're basically, you know, the factory Yamaha team of Australia. Right. Uh, first time working with them was awesome. I was super, you know, excited to get that opportunity. And man, for it to go like that, you know, I was looking back and I'm like, so out of six main event starts, in, and what was it? Four of them, I went down in the first turn. So four out of six, I was down in the first turn. It's just like one of the chances. And then the other one, like I said, running second, get a flat tire, 
it's just man, it just didn't go my way and you you guys know me that's not i think i crashed more in those those uh two races than i did all year yeah you know yeah. here at home just just crappy didn't get like i said i didn't get the whole shot should have been up front and that wouldn't happen but still you know what are the chances i'm usually pretty crafty pretty smart getting through the first few turns like in the heat race i was in that first race running second before the flat tire i was but man australia i just could not get out of the get out of the first couple turns uh without being on the ground so it's racing though yeah. you know what happens yeah. and, uh yeah yeah it is it's what it is yeah i i know you a little bit right i've never actually seen you upset but i would like you had to be frustrated like give me a give me one break like one yeah. freaking break it, yeah it was just frustrating because like i said the team was great uh first time working with them and the you know the first time doing the world supercross stuff yeah i was just I was super excited, you know, looking forward to it. Like I said, put in a good bit of work to be ready, which was way sooner than normal. You know, <laughs> September, I was riding Supercross, where normally I'd probably, you know, take the whole month of September off, you know, a little rest, hang out at home with the family. You know, October, you kind of start getting back into it, start riding. Well, dude, we were racing the first week of October, so I already had a month of Supercross prep under my belt, which, you know, now is awesome because I feel like I'm super ahead of normal but um yeah i put in some work and to not get the results you know that's it's a bummer but i all in all i enjoyed it the races were fun um tracks were fun traveling to those places were fun uh the cdr team was great um yeah like i said just a bummer to not reap the benefits of the hard work and yeah and kind of get some good results for the team as well you know whatever but like i said i, I did did my best and it's just part of it it's racing so did did you like like, as a fan, I've said this to a couple guys. Like it was almost triple crownish the way they did the the yeah. the mains, but less, way less time. And as a fan, I thought that was cool. Like, oh, they don't have any time to get ready. But as a writer, you're probably like, crap. I wish I had some more time. But <laughs> did you like it yeah. that it was sort of like boom, boom, boom? Let's go, let's go, let's go. One one of our listeners I, said that that's that style is not really a chiz style. Okay, like, I would say that, but. I agree, but then like the back to back to back thing is, dude. Even though they're shorter races, the intensity and everything. By that last race, you got to go do what ten laps or twelve laps, whatever it is. It's a hard twelve laps. Okay. Like guys are basically okay. Think of it like this: at home, we do twenty minutes plus a lap. So typically, they're what twenty two, twenty five laps, mm -hmm. you know, depending on lap times. So I like the chiz second half of the race, right? You know, get halfway. Guys start dropping back and I start chasing by them, right? Whatever you want to call it. So that's, you know, a strength to me is, you know, I was, you know, like I work hard and try to be in shape and whatever. So that's, you know, suits my style a little bit, whatever. Maybe not the raw speed and a short moto, but longer races. Yeah, I agree. It does. But think of it like this at home for the main event, for the most part, we're pretty rested. We're ready to go. We got to go do 20 minutes and, and go, but you go into it fresh Guys get tired. I start going past them towards the end of the race. You know, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Well, now when we have to do a 10 or a 12 lap moto, yeah, it's shorter. So it's not, you know, great for me. But when they're lining up for that 10 or 12 lap moto, they're already 50% tired. You know what I mean? <laughs> from the first couple sprints. So I think it can. Like, yeah, it's maybe I, if the race was 30 minutes plus two laps, that'd probably be better for me too. Right. But it is what it is. And I think, 
I think it could be good for me because that because they're back to back. You know, you do kind of get worn down, and that last one's still shorter, but you kind of have some fatigue going into it. You know, when you're sitting on the gate, so so I think I can still it still benefits me. I just got I can't be down in the first turn, right, right. you know, be half the track behind. But I'm I get going because then it is a short race. You know, it's it's there's no time to catch up. So uh, yeah, the, for me, my takeaway was I need a little better starts, yep. and even if it's not the start, just get through the first turns you know, clean, clean and not be on the ground. Absolutely. So just crazy. I've never, I've never been on the ground three times in a row on starts ever. Like it's, it's just crazy, but yeah, it happens. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. It definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> so watching it on TV and like, you know, the 250 class comes on and it's, so it's a brand new event. Like it's never been done. We're in, a, we're, you know, we're at, we're on the other side of the world. And then it, look at the leaderboard and it looks like a 2009 250 supercross race and so like yeah. i just kind of you know it's your whole new place but it's you're racing these guys that you've known forever i just i just wanted to know like what it kind of felt like nostalgia wise riding with these guys on 250s again and but like in a whole new world you know it was just all different i think everybody's kind of out of their element you know new place new bikes for the most part new teams for a lot of guys and yeah like honestly I feel like the, I, I don't want to say it was harder, but I feel like the 250 class had a lot like deeper of a field, and then you're looking at it, and I feel like the guys were actually older than the 450 class guys, like you know Blos and me and Seely and you know all those guys, and I'm like, man, there's almost you know older the 250 class is almost like an older group of guys than the the 450 class, yeah, and there I mean, there was a lot of, I mean the top. 10, 12, even 15 guys in the 250 class were all pretty, you know, pretty good riders. And even looking at lap times, I mean, we were all pretty close. Now the top five, 450 class was super, you know, really good guys. But beyond that, it was kind of not maybe I didn't feel like as deep or like in our class, you go back and you have, you know, some pretty good guys, you know, that are, that are still back in the 10 to 15 range that are, you know, they might finish that at a U.S. Supercross, you know, be a, a 10th place guy like a Carson Brown, you know, guys like that. So, um, yeah, I think it, it was it was weird racing uh, with a lot of older guys on 250s. You know, <laughs> right. I think none of us had a lot of prep. Moto Concepts guys did, you know, they because they, you know, kind of carried the team over. But, um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was Bo, like Bogle. Um, Oldenburg, like I said, all of us, a lot of more experienced guys in the 250, which was a little bit, uh, definitely weird compared to what we see at home. Yeah. It was fun to watch. It like was a definitely... plus 30 class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Hey, it man. was for real. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the Yamaha 23, the 2023 Yamaha 450 intro, uh, was a few weeks ago. Michael Lindsay was out there cross Chris Kiefer and you had a lot to do with developing that bike. I believe what was your role with Yamaha getting that thing ready what what was your day-to-day you know what was your involvement yeah so I didn't honestly I didn't do a lot of like the development okay of the 23 yeah I guess that was Travis probably Preston I did a I did a lot of the testing Uh, so like Yamaha has their own in-house guys you know a lot of guys know like Travis Preston yeah and then uh, Stevie is the other other test guy they did a lot of the development in terms of developing that bike and the changes that were made i kind of came in um so i started riding that bike like in april this year like during towards the end of the supercross season i spent a few weeks in california with those guys and with yamaha doing some final testing um 
you know, before the, it was still on a pre-production bike, just kind of finalizing some, some options that they had. So I was a part in that. Okay. Um, they kind of already had it done. There's a few things that they wanted to go through. They wanted to get a current guy, you know, current racer. Obviously Travis was a great racer back in his day. Stevie's actually younger than me, but he's not, you know, currently racing. He's mm-hmm. kind of full-time testing with those guys. So they wanted me to come in and do some stuff. So I got to do that. Some of the finishing touches, you know, to the bike. And then the bigger thing that I actually got to do, which was really cool was, you know, Eli Tomac obviously had a great year. Um, at that point he was just wrapping up the Supercross championship and it was up in the air. You know, the rumors going around if he was going to even race another year, if he'd stay on a Yamaha, if he does, or is he going to retire? Yeah. So it was a big, even the Yamaha guys, you know, they didn't know. And knowing this new bike was coming out, that was obviously a concern for Eli. You know, he just got on a Yamaha. He loves his bike. You know, I've been told not from him directly, but from other guys around that, you know, the, the current Yamaha this year was, you know, the best bike or one of the best bikes he's ever rode. I think the results kind of speak for themselves, you know, winning both championships and clearly he's pretty yeah. much won everything this year. So I think that would kind of go with that statement. And, you know, I think they, they were a little bit nervous. Like, you know, the new bike is quite a bit different. And what if he doesn't like it? Or, you know, this is the best bike. Now we changed it. You know, so I think he had some concern as well. You know, man, do I really want to test a whole new bike? I just got here. Do I want to go through that again? You know, maybe it's my last year. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming those are his thoughts, right? Yeah, makes sense. So, so they had me, like I said, do some of the finishing touches on the bike. And then I spent another week out there riding Supercross. And like I said, really cool. Thankful for the opportunity. And basically what I got to do was I would ride Eli's bike, like his current bike, just how he sets it up, his full full waffle grips, everything, his bars, his his mechanic was there. And, you know, measuring the levers, like the angle, like literally Eli's, you know, just like hopped on it, like as if he was going to ride it. Mm-hmm. So I would ride his bike, spend some time on it, you know, at the Yamaha track. And then I would hop on the new bike on the 23. And we were just testing parts back and forth, you know, because like I said, he was super happy with the current bike. And he was going to come out and ride the new bike to decide, do I want to sign again with Yamaha? Do I want to continue racing? You know, all that stuff. So they obviously wanted to make it a good priority to make it a good test. So he has a good first impression and, you know, he's happy with it because obviously Yamaha wants him to resign and, and he's going to decide, do I want to keep with Yamaha and develop this new bike? Yeah. So I basically, I don't want to say guinea pig, but I was the one. Uh, like I said, really cool to go back and forth from his bike to the new bike and just piece by piece, you know, what works, what doesn't work, um, kind of try to set it up for him so that when he flew in, he just basically hops on the bike. You know, they run through some stuff, obviously, because, you know, rider preference is rider preference. But I kind of try to run through a lot of the stuff to limit, you know, what he had to go through. You know, I can say, hey, man, that piece doesn't work. Like, don't even waste your time with that. Or, hey, this one it can go either way. So, you know, maybe let him try both and decide which one he likes better. So I, the one day we rode from like eight in the morning to like six or seven in the evening, uh, just testing all day long. And, uh, like I said, really cool. So I, that's what I had a hand in more was kind of setting the bike up for Eli to come in and test it and decide if he wants to stay on Yamaha. And obviously everybody's seen now, uh, that the next day or that day, whatever, 
you know, he resigned his deal. They announced it at Salt Lake there at the last race. Yep. And uh, yeah, it was just really cool to be, to be a part of that process and, you know, be a small part of, of, of getting to do that it was really cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, it was great to work with all those guys too. It's a lot of pressure. Hey, we need you <laughs> to make sure the bikes are close enough that we can re-sign our champion. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, like I said, I, I definitely felt it. Um, don't mess us up. But I really enjoyed it. I, I feel like I'm a good test guy. Yeah. I'm pretty sensitive. And, and like I said, I really enjoyed it. It was funny. Actually, I, not to get into detail of exactly what it was, but there was a part or like a setup that I liked right on the new bike. Okay. I like this. This is good, but you know, his current bike, the 22 doesn't feel like that. So we made a change and the change we made on the new bike made it feel more like the 22 it kind of went the 22 direction yeah. so it kind of went away from like some of what the 23 does right like more is more of like a cornering characteristic and when eli tested i was unsure i'm like look i like this one because this is what the new bike does better but this other option feels like eli's 22 and he says that's the best bike ever you know whatever yeah so I don't know which one to tell you because <laughs> I like this one because this is what the one does better, but this one makes it feel like the 22. The one he likes, yeah. Know, in that area. So when they went through that part with Eli, I was, like I said, I was there when he was riding too. I was a part of that. And when he was on the bike, he rides it and he's like, oh, it does this. It's It turns so good and blah, blah, blah. And then they went to the part that I was like, well, that, that makes it feel like the 22 and he likes the 22, right? Yeah. So maybe that's what he wants. Well, he put it on. Or they, they put it on. They don't tell him what it is, whatever. They say, okay, we changed something. Go try it. And his exact words when he comes in were, well, I don't like it as much because now it feels like that bike. You know, pointing <laughs> at a 22. Yeah. And I laugh and I'm like, you guys told me to set it up like the 22, you know, to make it, make it feel similar. Right. Sure. And, but the new bike is, is a lot better. That's what and I hear. So, you know, like in that area, now I wouldn't say a lot better, but it's better. It's an improvement and going that one direction kind of when it, put it back towards the 22 feel. But I was like, well, that's what he likes the best. Right. So yeah. when he came in, he's like, well, no, it feels more like the 22, put it back. I like it. I like the new one. <laughs> so, so yeah, like I said, he was like, he that's really cool. liked the, the new one, um, which I kind of figured he would. Cause I, I really love my bike now, the 22, but the 23 is, is really good. Yeah. So, uh, good to hear. It was just funny. Well, that, that part of it was funny. Cause I was like, like you said, a lot of pressure and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know which one to pick here because this right, one feels right. like the 22, but this new, feels the better. way it is here is what makes this bike or part of what makes this bike, in my opinion, better. How interesting. So I don't want to like steer it wrong, but sure. you know, it's funny when he did that, he had the same feeling. That's as awesome. I did, which was, which was cool to yeah. see that. So yeah. uh, I got a couple more questions for you. We don't have a lot more time. We got the King coming up in 10 minutes. So I know that's my hero. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in my or in my parents' house actually. Oh. My trope, like my trophy parents. Yeah, I got the King's jersey up there. Oh, number nice. one on, on from '96. Uh, yeah, well, it's framed and at my parents' house. When when we so. get done, if you have any questions for the King, you text me your questions and I will uh, ask them. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. want to know. I, I've heard rumors of some options you might have for 2023. What can you tell us about what's available? What your what your plans are as of today? Um, okay. So as you know, I'm always honest with you guys and kind of try to be an open book as much as I can. So like I just said, I love the new Yamaha. Um, it's great. I'm really looking forward to being on it. That's the plan. Um, as of just a few days ago, or I uh, yeah, mean, a few days ago within the last week, I actually have an offer from another team. I'll, I guess 
I, like I said, I might get in trouble, whatever. I don't know. It's a uh, Suzuki team. Yep. So um, I have an offer from them. I'm just kind of weighing my options and kind of feeling some stuff out and just kind of see, um, like I said, I love the relationship I've built, like with Yamaha getting to do that stuff and just kind of where I'm at, you know, I've been on it the last since 2020 and just done better and better each year, you know, just, you know, sticking with that and, and doing, doing well and just kind of building my own little program. Um, with that said, you know, it is a lot of work mm-hmm. doing it. Uh, the benefit to riding for a team is you get to just show up and race and not worry about quite as much stuff, but I honestly enjoy doing some of that as well. So, um, just kind of weighing it out, seeing what I want to do. Um, so I do, uh, have that offer. Um, and they're great people team and all that stuff. So that's all good. It's, it's more just a matter of what's going to make the most sense for me. So nothing decided yet. Um, like I said, I love doing what I've done the last few years and just, you know, kind of building on that. So kind of just doing some thinking, you know, time, whatever, and, and trying to see which one's going to make the most sense. And, and, uh, I, I pretty much planned all along to just continue doing my own thing on a Yamaha. Right. Right. Um, like what I've done, I really enjoy it. Love it. And that's, that's been the plan. This kind of just got presented to me, um, not, not too long ago. So yeah, just trying to kind of see, see what it could be and then just be able to make a decision. Just, I want to have two clear options. Um, if it's not doing my own thing, that's really the only other thing I would consider, um, at this point. So yeah, like I said, just kind of got presented not too long ago. So just kind of trying to figure that out and see what's going to make the most sense. Right on. Uh, I think Scotty's got one more question for you. Yeah. So you know, all right, I've got the I've got the picture of you oh. with the, this the spirit Halloween costume where it's, where it says the chiz, and yep. you know you've you've got a queso, you know your hashtag chiz is gonna chiz, you know all all these things that that you've done, and I just I don't know I just kind of wanted to know what what you thought about the whole chiz phenomenon, just in general, you mean? Yeah, however you want to take it, man. I mean, honestly. I, I, th- I like it. It's cool. It's whatever. Um, I, anybody that knows me and you guys, whatever, you know, like I'm not su- like, I hate talking about myself. I don't like, like, I'm not ego kind of person. I'm nor I'm just a normal dude, you know, whatever. And, um, so I hate talking about myself, but honestly the whole, you know, chiz and chiz going to chiz stuff. It's cool. Like I said, I don't, I don't like, I don't think of it as like, yeah, I'm so cool. I'm chiz. You know, I'm cool. Look at me. Not it's for me. I don't know how to describe it, but it's not that way at all. Yeah. I'm like, I just think like the fan interaction and I, I just love going out there and doing what I do. And if nobody talked about it, I'd still be doing the same thing, but I think it's just cool that it's recognized and appreciated by, you know, my, you know, fan base and, and you guys and well, you know, the, the media that, and your you know, peers, and your, you guys your peers too. talk your com- about it. It's your competition. It's your peers and your competition are the same way. They have so much respect for you. I mean, A Ray and Cade might talk shit a little bit, but they're like, "God damn, that guy's good." You know? <laughs> yeah, they're hurt. Yeah, you know, it's, it's cool. Like I, said, I, I appreciate like the recognition, like I said, of that, and and I have fun with it. Like, I love seeing the comments and the people at the races. I mean, cheers, it's gonna cheers, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I, I love it. I think it's yeah. awesome. I appreciate all the support. And like I said, for me, at the end of the day. I, I love it. I appreciate it. It doesn't make me think I'm cool by any means. <laughs> right. I just, I like, I race a dirt bike and, and we all get into it and I just enjoy it. Honestly. Um, these days going racing, I love going out there in sizzing, whatever you want to call it, racing, <laughs> you know, whatever. But to be honest, just 
the fans and that stuff, like people coming up to me and talking to me and like that. Honestly, that's, I think just getting older, it's something I, when I was younger in my career, maybe didn't appreciate as much. And now just people coming up and, and saying that stuff to me and talking to me, that's really enjoyable. Like that's, that's honestly probably the best or like the part of the best you're racing. I'm a competitive person. So I love the racing just like it just me personally but the other best part of when i get to go racing is that like the fans the that that stuff and like i said i don't mean recognition like in a boastful kind of way like i'm cool i mean like that's awesome like that how cool is it that i get to do this and i have these people that are fans and cheering for me and i get to meet them and it's just awesome it's 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 really a lot of fun for me so so i enjoy it i appreciate that attention and stuff like that and it's just like I said, it makes makes my job fun. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it, it's awesome. The uh, the includes bottle of fresh chiz that only produces girls had me had me weak <laughs> when I saw it, dude. It's so funny. Uh, yeah, so so my wife honestly made the made the thing. I so I saw it. I saw yeah. people keep like posting random ones. Right. And I'm like, gosh, we need to make one for me. But I'm not creative or anything like that at all. So I told her, and of course she did it in like five minutes. She just made something really quick. We're gonna sit at my sister's house what the kids were playing for Halloween and she made it really quick. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. It's funny. Let's, let's post it. Like I said, I, I yeah. have fun with it. And, and like I said, I appreciate it and enjoy it. It's, it's fun. Hey, so we got like three more minutes just real quick. When is the yeah. baby due? How does that time out with the start of the season? Oh, it, it probably couldn't be worse. It's like <laughs> okay. middle of January. I think, um, they're a little off on her. Well, they might be a little off on her date, not to get too personal, but you know, girly cycles and whatever. Yeah. They're not a hundred percent sure. Um, like when she got pregnant. So like the due date is like a little iffy, but the baby's measuring like bigger than what they're thinking. But what we're, so it might be a couple weeks off, yeah. but they're thinking January long story short. Okay. Um, once we get a little closer, we'll know more, but yeah, they're thinking January sometime. And of course, at least this year, there's only four, you know, West coast to start, right. but obviously all four all in January, but the only good thing, is, I guess not good thing for her, kind of sucks, but she had to have a C, emergency C-section and then another C-section with our second one. Oh, yeah. So at this point, she they won't even let her try to do it, you know, like naturally. Right. So they're going to have to do a C-section, which again, the recovery for her kind of sucks, but um, at least they, they'll be able to, pretty, unless the baby came early, they're going to be able to schedule, you know, a date. So we'll be able to schedule it and you know, make it, make it middle of the week or like a Monday when I'm back and I have some time to, you know, to be there for a few days and try to take care of her and the, and the girls. So, good, good. so yeah, so unfortunate the C-section, but good. We can try to plan it and yeah. you know, that way I'm home and, and all that. So, yeah. All right. Which is, we're going to wrap this up. We got to get the King on, but yeah, if you got any questions for him, text him to me. We're going to probably take some listener questions anyway. So it'd be cool. Yeah, I will tell him, tell him he's my hero. That was my guy <laughs> growing up. Like I said, I started riding like, 95 ish yeah so of course i was super into it right away and i have every race from 1996 and all the vcr recordings and all the races and yeah he was my that's awesome. he was my hero growing up I so love it. Love yeah it. tell him I, i've told him before but sure tell him and uh tell him i said hi and uh yeah no i appreciate you guys having me on all right cheers talk to you soon buddy thank you all right yeah all thanks right. guys yep. talk to you later yeah. bye bye all right that's kyle chisholm we're gonna take a quick commercial break we'll be right back with the king Whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that? And if they would, I do not do that thing. Only an idiot would not rush down to their local WPS dealer to check out the complete line of 2022 Fly Racing products. So if you don't want to be an idiot, 
Stop acting like an idiot. <laughs> You're the idiot. Don't be an idiot. Changed my life. Then rush down right now. Of course, obey the speed limits. The need to get your hands on a Formula helmet will not get you out of a ticket. Once you get there, ask to see everything Fly Racing offers, from the Evolution DST to the light race wear to the kinetic lines. They have a gear line to fit your needs. Fly Racing has been developing and innovating its gear line since 1998. Just ask current riders Zach Osborne, RJ Hampshire, Carson Mumford, and the beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw. Don't forget about their women's and youth lines and the all-new Zone Pro goggle worn by Justin Brayton, Shane McElrath, Max Anstey, and Joey Sabachi. Again, visit your local shop and support your WPS rep today. Check out flyracing.com for all they offer. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait what, what was that? It's the Supercross guy voice. No. No, it's not. Sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, hire rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like... If you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W-E-R-X at gmail.com. Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. Scotty T here from the Moto X Pod Show with another fantastic product from Burn Motorsports. It's Shock Socks, the number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. No one likes having leaky fork seals. With Shock Socks, you can protect your fork seals from the crap at the track in a matter of 10 seconds. Fork seals can be expensive and take away from your ride time, so fight the crime of grit and grime with Shock Socks. Check your local dealer or go to the BurnMotorsports.com webpage also, follow them on Facebook and Instagram. So go out and make sure to get your pair of shock socks today. All right, our next <clears throat> guest really needs no introduction. Tonight, he's brought to you by Racetech, which is the world's largest aftermarket suspension modification company. All Racetech products include award-winning goal valves and settings are 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. Visit Racetech.com for more info and use that promo code MOTOXPOD to save. Tonight, Racetech brings us the king, Jeremy McGrath. What's up, MC? what's up guys how you doing uh well doing pretty awesome now that we're talking to you we just got off the phone with shiz and he says to tell you you're his hero that you already know this and he has every <laughs> race from 96 on vc on vcr tapes stowed stowed away so that's what he watches for motivation i know you know the only bad part about that is you just think about your vcr tapes in the cabinet and you're yeah. like man at one point, at one point, am I not going to be able to watch these anymore? Oh, no kidding! I still it have sucks. some. It, it, they look so bad on today's TVs. Like you really have to have an old TV to even make it look good. Oh, right, because the HD is yeah. so good now. Yeah, I have yeah, like crazy. a bunch of old concert footage and stuff on VCR, and I go to watch it. And I'm like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. Well, that's what we got YouTube for, I guess. That's it. Yeah, everything's on YouTube now, man. But hey, Vet Nationals this weekend. You got the Edison Die Award. Your family was there. Your mom, dad, I believe your sister was there. How cool was that for you? Yeah, you know, it was exciting. I was bummed my wife wasn't there, but yeah. my younger daughter had a lacrosse tournament. She was in Tucson for that. So we chased the girls around. They play lacrosse. So 
Um, yeah, it was it was it was a really big night. It was a great weekend. I was really stoked. My parents were there and my sister. Um, yeah, the riding. I mean, I, when I heard I was going to get the award, it was exciting. I was like, you know, I just need to bring my dirt bike and do some riding. And uh, boy, after Friday's practice, I was like, well, I'm not sure that was the right idea. The track was so gnarly, so yes. gnarly rough. I'm glad you're so, saying that because I've been getting made yeah. fun of for it. Oh no, that track was bad. Yeah. Uh, Sunday, Sunday, Saturday was so bad. Sunday was, uh, I mean, great layout. It's just a lot of guys, a lot of riding and no prep and the track was just hammered. So it was tough. Um, Sunday was a lot better, but yeah, big weekend. I mean, Edison die award was brought back by Tom white for, you know, owner of white brothers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in 19, uh, I think it was 89. I was riding for pro circuit. I was, kind of a kid and just really didn't have a whole lot going on. And, and I just didn't, I was trying to be better and I wasn't feeling like I was getting, you know, I was a nobody. So I wasn't getting any, the help I thought I needed, you know, and, and I was going to quit pro circuit. And I met Tom white and Tom white, uh, was the one who, you know, he, he took a chance. He decided that he was going to help me and I was really needing some help in the suspension department. So, um, he put me together with this, one of his suspension texts, this guy named John, and, uh, man, we just, we had, we were a great match and, you know, I just wish Tom was around to see me accept that award. And I'm just so honored to get it. It was really cool that his daughter, Kristen was there. And of course, son-in-law, John Anderson yeah. of w-, w wheels. So, um, there was some family there and it was, a, it's a really, you know, the award itself had a lot more deep meanings than just getting the award because of my, acc- you know, my accolades over the years. I had some really good connection with white brothers back in the day. And I, in fact, I won my first supercross in Vegas in 90 on team green riding a white brothers suspension bike. Um, so it was exciting. Tom white was a, was a true gentleman. He was an ambassador yeah. of the sport, a, a huge ambassador of the sport. And, uh, yeah, just, it would have been cool to see him, have him see that. So it was a big night for me. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, unfortunately, I never got a chance to meet Tom. Uh, Kristen's actually coming on after you. Uh, John was on Pulp last night, so I grabbed the wife. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, really great family, and everything I ever heard about him was just kind of like you, right? No ego, just really gave back, loved the sport, loved the, the camaraderie of the sport, and seemed like a just a wonderful human being. He was, absolutely. And, you know, he's passed that down to his daughter. Yeah. And of course, John is a great guy too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, Tom was just, you know, he was something that, someone that you just would, would want to emulate someone that you would want to be. He was a great mentor for a lot of us, um, helped a lot of people and it was important to him. It wasn't fake. And, uh, he loved his motorcycle and the passion exudes from, you know, the things that he did. And, uh, I think he pinched himself every day that he had white brothers and <laughs> had such an awesome successful company yeah. company but you know he deserved every second of it so um you know it was again it was it was a special it's a special award for me i got the big glass trophy right up in my hallway looking pretty sweet so um it's a story that i'm going to be telling for years years to come i hope and uh Again, it was just one of those things. It was just awesome for me. Yeah, they put together this really great video. And, it, you know, I sat there and watched it. And some of the footage I remembered, some of it I had forgotten. But, like, what I took away and they, they really touched on was, again, your lack of ego and how you were with the fans. 
you're just a regular guy. You talked about that in your speech. And I think I told you this story when we had you on back on show 100. Like 93, I'm a senior in high school, and I do I draw a picture of you in art <laughs> class, right? And it's not a good picture. It's pretty bad. But I come up to the box van, and you're in there getting ready for whatever, for the night show, and, and autographs are over, and Skip's standing there. And I'm like, hey, man, can you just give this to McGrath? You know, I just want him to have it. And he's like, well, hang yeah, on. Yeah. And he goes up there, and you come out, and, like, you take time when you didn't have to, and – tell me how great it is, even though I know it's really bad. And like, <laughs> it really stuck with me, you know, all these years, you know, you, not only were you the king and changed the sport, but you were just a cool guy. You, you could have been like, yeah, I don't have time for that kid, but you did. Yeah. You know, I've, I've found, yeah. Well, first of all, thank you. I appreciate it. I, I yeah. take pride in when people say those kind of, you know, things to me, mm-hmm. um, you know, honestly, it's not something I tried to do. I just, I find it, I, I'm a huge sports fan, right? And yep. I've, I've said this a million times. I love like famous athletes and it's super cool. I mean, I'm as intrigued with them as maybe some people are, might be with me, but, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's, as I said in that video, it's a lot harder to be someone that you're not than someone that you are, you know? And I always, always kind of, I always with the autographs and all the people, you know, the time that people need and all this stuff with within reason, I just try to handle it when it's, when it's in front of me, you know, because I don't know. I mean, everyone, I think, I think that everyone would, you know, know this is, you know, if, if you, if you're not nice or you go, you know, I got, I got to do this later. I'll handle it later. You know, I ain't got time, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, in this case, I would have walked back in the van and go, man, you know what? I should have just, I should have just handled it right then. It'd be over. Yeah. And I always, I always felt like if I could just most of the time handle all that stuff, if it was possible that it would, then it was completely out of my mind. I would never have to think about it again. (laughs) Um, and (laughs) I I don't know, you're trying to be a, an athlete and it's it's just kind of your job. I don't think you need your brain filled with, you know, stuff that you feel guilty about and that you just need to be clear headed all the time. And look, there's, there's times when I'm sure that someone can just go, you know, Jeremy's a dick. He, he wouldn't take care of this, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there was times I'm sure. When of course. I, I'm not, I'm not innocent for sure. I know that, but I just tried, tried to do the best I can with, with being, you know, as normal as possible. I think that was just best for me also. Um, and you know, I think my parents, I have my parents to thank for that. You know, it's, uh, my dad would slap me in the head if I was acting like an idiot, <laughs> big headed. And, and I think that's the way it should be. You know, someone, you need someone to tell you the truth. Yeah. And, uh, my parents weren't afraid to do that. That's cool. Yeah, I look at it as from the fan perspective, like my I might have never had another chance to talk to you. That might have been the one time ever I got to see you, and I think you kind of understood that because you you just talked about being fans of other you know athletes. Yeah, and I've got a lot of friends that are musicians, and I you know I, I go to concerts and there's hundreds of people trying to talk to them. They're just like, yeah, I I don't have time. I got to go to sound check or I got to do this. And yeah. you know I understand as athletes, right? You don't always have time, but yeah, those those fans. If there's any chance for you to say hi to those fans, that might be the one chance in their entire life that they ever get to see you. And that's really cool. We don't have to keep going into it, but it's really cool that you understood that. So, um, yeah, I think it meant a lot to the fans. And we could see everybody in the museum during your your speech, like the fans that were in there, you could just see how much they appreciated who you were as a person. Not so much your accolades or your accomplishments, but who you were as a person. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, that's what I want to be remembered more as, you know? I mean, look, I'm just... 
I'm just like everybody else, yeah. you know? Yeah, I can, I can ride my dirt bike, but you know, I mean the fans for you, for instance, when you drew that picture and you came up and you were, you were, I mean, you were probably nervous to even <laughs> talk to skip. You were nervous to do the whole thing. I mean yeah. that you're putting in extra effort, right? I mean, and I just felt like, look, I, I needed to put extra effort in. I mean, this is the fans and all the people that are there and the people that are buying stuff in the industry are the people that are giving me the, the option to do what I do. It's not just like, it wasn't just Honda or it wasn't just Yamaha. It was, it's the fans that are buying those bikes, buying that gear, buying that stuff. And I just, I just tried to keep it all in check. Look, I mean, there's a lot of nice guys in our sport. I think I take pride in our sport and knowing that we have a lot of cool, cool athletes in our sport. Yeah. There's some dummies in there too, but <laughs> you know what? For the most part, motocross and supercross is a cool sport and, and all the athletes are really cool. Um, you know, we know which ones aren't. And sometimes they can be cool. Sometimes not. I think that's another thing that I don't appreciate is someone that's different at times, you know, one time you see them and they're cool. And one time you, one time you see them and they're not. So, um, those are the things that as a fan of any kind of sports athlete, I don't appreciate, you know what I mean? So anyways, I, again, it's, it's a great compliment. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it's a good, I feel like it's served me well. I have a lot of great relationships now that I can call on at any point because of, you know, the friendships we've built up over the years. And and that's with any team and any manufacturer. So, um, you know, it just goes a long way and, uh, I'm just proud to be in our sport still and, and having the connections and the relationship I do with the fans and with the, and with the industry itself. So I'm, I'm up, you know, shoot, I pinch myself every day. I'm <laughs> yeah, 51 bet. years old, which is crazy. That's hard to say, Oof. but going to be 51 on the 19th of this month Yikes! and, and still just, you know, willfully employed, I guess. Yeah. What yeah. You say. Of course. Yeah. You, <laughs> you earned know? it, man. You earned nice. it. Go ahead, Scotty. You know, you, you kind of mentioned, you know, uh, how you, you liked other celebrities and stuff like that. And, and I always thought and appreciated, I, I grew up like height of, you know, I was like nine when you were like at the middle and end of your career. And yeah. so I, I always saw that gap bridge, you know, you were on, uh, you know, a one eight hundred collect commercials with Carrot Top, and you know, you you were on Leno, and and you bridged that gap to that sports. And it, I know ESPN had a lot to do with that, but I I just kind of wanted to know what you thought would need to happen for our sport to kind of get that limelight again and kind of bring us back to those days where that whole culture was kind of integrated. Well, listen, I have to give credit to Cheryl Lynch, who's, who was my publicist for years and years. I mean, I, had, I was the only writer out there that had a publicist. <laughs> I mean, it, it was seemed like a weird thing to do, but I was so smart looking back at it now. And it happened by chance because when I went on to Suzuki that year, she was working for Suzuki at that time. And Suzuki didn't have any writers that she could really promote until I got there. And then basically when I left Suzuki, I brought her with me and she left Suzuki and started working for me. And that's when all the, you know, all the really cool dub magazine. Uh, I mean, I was interviewed in Playboy. Um, uh, we went on to Leno. Yeah. Um, we went on to Leno twice. Uh, mm-hmm. We did all kinds of really cool off the wall stuff that no one really ever was working to do. And it was just one of those things where I thought, man, if I could just build my own personal brand, um, it would create more opportunities, which it did. I mean, we had the Sony super or the, yeah, the Sony PlayStation supercross 98 Mm. supercross 2000. 
um, you know, the, the, <laughs> the bad part about it for me was I was pioneering a lot of these things. Right. So, um, I, I just felt like, man, you, you know how it is when you're the first guy to do stuff, the deals are always, they're not always the best deals. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, Ricky Carmichael came along who unseated me. Right. And, and his deals were, but it kind of always, you know, by nature, that's, that's always how it works. You know, he got, he, he got some deals that were a little bit bigger than mine, but, but he, he did a great job on taking what I did and then parlaying that into something bigger and better. And and he had the writing to back it up. So, um, you know, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, a lot of people at the time didn't really put, they didn't reinvest into their personal brand. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know where I, I sort of got the smarts to kind of do that, but it, but it worked. And I had Cheryl as my publicist for at least 10 years, 12 years. And that's when all that cool stuff happened. Yeah. It was definitely the next step in, in the, the, the evolution of the sport. So you innovated that. You got do, you, more do you think, do you think jet can do that? I think, well, listen, here's the thing. I think jet's going to be a superstar. Yep. Um, and so far so good. He's had the thing with the donuts and he's like really having fun with the younger age fan group that he has. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's yet to be seen, right? He's got to dominate which he already has, but he's got to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I think he has as good chance, as good a chance as any American kid, even because he's Australian and people love Australians as well. It's not like he's a French guy or something that it'd disliked, be a little yeah. bit more difficult. Right. Right. I mean, a European would be a little bit more difficult than, say, an Australian to become a famous American motorcycle star, right? Um, but I think Honda would be wise, and or Lucas Myrtle, his agent, would be wise in getting him, uh, you know, uh, someone like I had Cheryl Lynch that was, you know, uh, promoting me and putting me out there and getting the big stuff, um, getting him a publicist. That That's... That would be key. Uh, yeah. He's so far he's doing all the right things. Now I thought I think Adam, Adam Cinturello has had a good shot or has a good shot at doing that too, but he can't seem to stay on his bike. So <laughs> um, Jets, you know, now kind of going to take over and going to be the next guy here. I think so. We'll yeah, see. I think you're right. Uh, I got a few. More I think questions. Sexton Sexton's doing a good job too, though, right? Oh, so yeah, yeah it's definitely good. Sexton and Lawrence together. Honda's like a powerhouse. You know what yeah. I mean? So. Um, they got the young kids, the good looking kids, the personality, personality kids. And, uh, with jet Hunter and chase, I think Honda's looking good for a while. They are, they are. Uh, I've got a couple more. I know we don't have you much longer. Uh, I got a couple more questions for you and Chiz just sent one. I think you've probably answered this before, but he wants to know how bummed were you when you lost at St. Louis in 96 when fro won and stopped the perfect season? He says, I'm just wondering, because I was an eight year old kid. God, making me feel old also. And I was devastated. Well, listen, um, it was a lot of pressure going up to that race. Yep. And, you know, it was always like, oh, can he keep it going? Can he keep it going? And and, and without a doubt, I could keep it going. Um, I would have won the race had it been not for LaRocco, right? You guys <laughs> right. remember watching yep. the race? Yep. I mean, he knocked me off the t- track. Um, but, you know, in a way, it was kind of a relief. The bad part, I'll tell you the bad part. Okay. The bad part, I didn't really particularly like Jeff much. He was really arrogant, and I didn't like that about him. Uh, we get along fine now, but I didn't. I hated that back then. Right. I don't. I don't like people that act like that. And he was pretty arrogant. I walked the line. I mean, I walked the line between confidence and arrogance. 
but he was just arrogant all the time I thought. And so the bad part is he's the one that was, it wouldn't have mattered if someone else would have beat me. I wouldn't have cared, but I really cared that it was him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, sure. and the way, and the other thing I look at is, you know, he, that night and that race that I made him famous for that. <laughs> so that's the way I see it. Okay. I lost the race, but I mean, I think that Jeff, uh, really parlays that into something. The guy that beat the, you know, stopped the streak and all that stuff. I mean, hell I lost it. I lost to him by a, a half a bike link, but I got knocked off the track three different times. So, um, yeah, it was, I was super bummed. But boy, it was kind of a relief. The pressure was off. Um, and, you know, it was easy to win the next race because there was no, there was no more expectation, you know? So, yeah, that makes sense. It was, it was, it, it, it was the stars lined up for him, you know? Look, I got a, whatever happened to me in the beginning of the race, then I got taken out off the track. It's his home race where you get extra energy at your home races and then really bad track conditions, super ruddy. He liked those conditions. I was terrible in those conditions. So, uh, you know, look, the stars were lining up for that to happen and I can make every excuse in the world for it, why I be, got beat, but whatever happened, happened. It's just, uh, the stars lined up for, for him that night. That's the way it goes sometimes. <clears throat> That's yeah. the way it goes. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> You know, so people one, don't people don't people don't look at the fourteen other ones that I win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, and he he's he's not shy to let everybody know about right, that. Right. Yeah, but you know, so one of the storylines this year was you know everybody kind of switched bikes. You know, Tomac went to Yamaha, and then you know Anderson went to Husky. I mean, Cowie. sorry, went to Cowie, and then you know Mookie went to Husky, and they kind of all played musical chairs. And they all had really good success on it. And, you know, you, you've been a guy that you've, I think you've rode for every manufacturer at some point. And so I just kind of wanted your perspective on, first of all, what you thought of that kind of storyline this year and then the perspective of, of changing, of being the star guys kind of changing, changing their uh, rides. Well, let's start with Eli. Um, you know, Eli seems to be pretty temperamental when it comes to his bike and stuff like that. Um, you know, he, he, I mean, obviously he needed a change. Mm-hmm. He, something wasn't, something wasn't gelling right. And he'd been there for a while and he'd been having issues, whatever the case. Um, and I, obviously we can look now and go, that was an amazing change. Right. I mean, people were like, people, when he made that move were like, wow, why would you ride the Yamaha? Nobody wins on the Yamaha. It's <laughs> kind of like a career killer. Right. Right. And then, and then, and then, Late that summer, right? Late last summer before he started racing Supercross, uh, uh, what's his name? Ferrandis starts hauling ass on that bike and it, they, whatever happened, they got it tuned up or whatever that change was from factory Yamaha over to star racing Yamaha over with that team and that group of guys, all of a sudden that bike started looking really good. So that, then that bike becomes the national champion bike. And then Tomac starts to look like a genius, right? Cause you're like, wow, okay. Bike can win. Ferrandis is killing it. Um, let's see what happens. And then Tomac comes out and just has his best year he's ever had the first year on that team. So, um, you know, sometimes a guy like him who's won a lot, you just, you need something else to find some motivation. And for whatever reason, it just worked. And I'm not sure who talked him into going that way, but man, what a, what a brilliant move. Um, of course, being a Cali ambassador, that was a, I was a little bit bummed for him, but at the same time, Bringing Anderson over, I knew Anderson had had a lot left in the tank, mm-hmm. and uh, 
I mean, the, the, the rides that we saw from him this year, the amazing flat cornering ability that he has on the Cowie. Uh, I mean, we saw some really cool passes that he would just not sure where he found the grip on the bottom of the track, but man, he, I, we saw some amazing passes from him this year. So, uh, you know, look, I think Anderson made the right move. He feels great over here on the Cowie. Eli made the great move. He made a nice move over there. He won this year. Took I, I was only able to do it once. My I, I only have the one outdoor championship. But when you win both titles in one year, you just feel like superhuman. <laughs> so Eli's got to feel really good about that. Yeah. It's weird to think that he might be, uh, you know, coming into his last year of racing. That's right. so weird, right? He's had his most dominant year, but we don't know that. Um, and then Malcolm riding Huskies. I mean, he had a great season for, you know, for all accord, uh, you know, versus for his, his, um, record and his stuff, he was riding great. So we saw some fantastic rides out of him. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think with, with, without Barsha, you know, totally taking Anderson out at that one race, just (laughs) for what reason, I have no idea, but, um, just kind of riding like an idiot at that race. I thought. Without that, we would have had a lot tighter championship. I think Anderson would have been in it. Um, so, I don't know. I think we're all, as fans, we're shaping up for a good year to see some great racing. Oh, yeah. The last couple of seasons have been fantastic. I, I love where we're at in, in, this, in our sport. It's been great. Uh, I want to get two more questions in. I know, real quick, you recently... I'm not, I'm, I'm not stressing. I okay. Time. All right. Well, I, I told you 20 minutes, so I, but it's... Yeah, it's all good. You're the king, man. I mean, <laughs> we had a list. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm good. <laughs> uh, recently, you... I, the California <clears throat> 300, your daughter Rowan, and I believe you both raced together. You were in the car while she was driving? <laughs> yeah. How cool was yeah, that? Yeah, I rode, I rode shotgun, yep. How cool was that to be able to go race with your daughter? Yeah, it was neat. You know, we've been really, uh, as a family, enjoying the side-by-side world the last couple of years. We go to the desert on the weekends and we deal. Um, some of you guys might not know, but my girls grew up, grew up racing go-kart, like dirt go-karts. And I raced short course trucks for a long time and they had a kid's class. So the girls were racing out there. And then since I stopped racing trucks, we really just sort of got rid of the race cars, started doing the side-by-sides. And then um, this year we kind of entered a few desert races and, uh, I let her drive the mint 400. And then this, this last race was the California 300. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of navigated. I rode in the shotgun seat. I prepped the car and we got the thing ready and I just put her in the driver's seat. She's been wanting to race. So, um, just trying to give her experience out in the desert. And it's kind of my first, you know, my first go at it when it comes to long distance desert races, I really, I'm a track guy, you know, I grew yeah. up like that. So, right. um, me riding in the shotgun seat, I get to experience it on a little bit different level before I get back in the driver's seat. So my idea was to let, let Rowan race, prep the car, let her race. I'll ride shotgun. I can navigate. We can learn the ropes together. And then now I think she's got over 700 miles of racing in already um, with me in the passenger seat. So now I think I can get out of the seat and put someone else in there that can navigate with her and change tires and whatever else might ne- be needed if there's a problem out on the course. And then I have a new Kawasaki KRX 1000 being built for my younger daughter, who's 14. And then I'll probably ride in the passenger seat with her a couple of times this year. And then with the hopes at the end of 22, 
or 23, um, that they'll both have co-drivers and I'll be able to get back in the driver's seat and, and we'll be able to race against each other as a family. <laughs> awesome, so man. That's so great. Like I, I love stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's come full circle, man. You, you know, that's yeah. just awesome. Yeah. I mean, look, I feel good about it. Look, the girls learn how to ride dirt bikes when they're little and yeah. we were all riding, you know, on the weekends and stuff, but they got, they've gotten older at one sixteen, one's 14. Uh, it's, you know, I feel good about them being in inside of a cage with a seatbelt and stuff sure. like that. And look, we, we just do it as a family hobby where my kids are doing other sports and all that. And as long as their grades are good, we like to go out on the weekends and, and, uh, do some off-road off-roading or some racing and, and, uh, Kawasaki coming out with that side-by-side has been a really cool machine. So we, we're, we're having a blast as a family with that stuff. Good. And, uh, hopefully this next year is going to be more of the same. Uh, next question, my buddy Ryan Gauld recreated a picture from uh, Daytona 98 with you this weekend. Did you have any idea what was going on? Uh, did he word you out any? Oh, no, I saw him. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> I saw his Instagram on his Instagram, yeah. too. It was cool. Um, he told me the story. Right. And uh, he started next to me. Uh, yeah, no, I, I thought it was bitching. I yeah. mean, wow, right? 98 all the way till now? Yeah, he was been was planning this. Twenty what 23 four years yeah crazy yeah. yeah it was a big deal to him so he was really stoked he was in studio with mathis last night and yeah he was he was really happy he was trying to figure out how he's going to get it done he had to line up next to you but he rolled up there and uh i think somebody he wanted to be on i think the right side of you but somebody was already there maybe dubach i can't even remember but uh yeah he, he was pretty stoked on it so i didn't know if you were like what is going on with this dude <laughs> you know what you know what's cool about the vet races is yeah. you just you see so many f- things like that yeah yeah like yeah. so many guys i met this weekend yeah i, I saw you back in you know whatever 99 right. and and uh even guys like him that we, i raced with yep i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't have known that if unless he told me so that was cool yeah yeah we, we really got cool. we got a lot of cool stories you know obviously chris Kiefer was on last night i guess i think you maybe waved him by because you were, I think you got a little arm pump and let him go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I knew Kiefer would be a problem. I have sure. not been riding. So, right, right. I was like, you were good. You were good I, a few laps. And then, yeah, you got tired. Yeah, I didn't get physically tired. I got arm pump. Right, right. So, I, I, um, I felt fine physically. I just was holding on too tight. Yep. My suspension was way too stiff <laughs> and the track was way too gnarly for me to be riding that fast. So, yep. um, yeah, when those guys got behind me, they had been battling and I was like, you know what? I'm pulling over. Let them go. So, <laughs> yeah. I feel anyway, that it, it was going to get too dangerous for me to try. <laughs> my, my willpower wanted to stay in there, but my right. brain said, no, don't, don't be doing that. That's so, it. Um, All right. Last yeah. question. This is just a general, uh, personality question. I ask every once in a while, when you load the toilet paper on the roll, does the paper go over the top or over off the back? It, when it, when you're looking at the paper roll, it's coming over the top at you. Perfect. All right. You're a good person. Yeah. You're, you're You're, normal. You're correct. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever brings it underneath is wacky. Exactly. Yeah. If it goes against the back (laughs) wall, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. Yep. Jeremy, man, thank you. It really, as we talked earlier, having you on the show is one of the highlights for us. So it means a lot that you took time. Uh, I know you probably get tons and tons of requests and things to do every day. So thank you so much. No, you guys, I enjoyed hanging and talking to you guys. Hit me up anytime. Listen, I, I like, you know, I like Ben Trace and I yep. love Moto just as much as you, as you guys do. So 
I enjoy I mean, every second I get to be talking about the, the greatest sport we have. Right. So absolutely. Um, yeah. I enjoyed it. And again, let's not wait so long this next time. Sounds good, man. I'm sure I'll see you at a one and we'll, we'll do it again sometime during the season. You got it. All right, guys. Well, All right, cheers, man. Thanks yeah. for having me and see you soon. Okay. See ya, bud. All right. Bye. Whoo. What a highlight, dude. McGrath is dude, the man. Dude, what's crazy is that I like, I like kind of like, uh, there was such a good like conversation and like it, the, our questions and the way he was answering was going so well that I, I kind of for really, it's not that I forgot it was McGrath, but like, I was just kind of like in he's the, like com- a, he's a normal guy. Yeah. I was dude. like in the conversation at the end of it. Yeah. I was like, that was so freaking cool. Yeah, he like, makes you feel that way. The first yeah. time he came on. Was the same way. Back, this is back like Mark was still part of the show and we were at TJ's house doing it. And he just makes yeah. you feel like like he's a normal guy. He does like yeah. there is no like I'm better than you or I'm a superstar. There is no. none of that, as we talked about. And it's true. It's not yeah. an act. That's how he is. It's just yeah. it's, it's it's like I forgot that he was the guy on the video games that I yeah. played and right. on the I had I had like the I had the McGrath bike that was like this big. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I like, used to have all the little ones, but I gave them to Cole and April Johnson's to Nick yeah. when he was a kid. But uh, yeah, see there's I have his first Yeah, year and, well, and he's yeah. And his chaparral pictures is is, yeah. in, is on the pot, you know. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. All right, we're gonna take a commercial break. We'll be right back with Kristen Anderson. If you're like most racers, you've dreamed about riding a works bike with all the trick parts. Since 1989, Works Connection has been producing works like products for the general public. When Steve Lampson and Team Peak Split Fire Pro Circuit used Works Connection in 1990, they quickly gained a reputation for quality that the pros would use. Three decades later, the company is still known as the leader in quality, innovation, and customer satisfaction. The industry standard pro launch start device is used by many of the teams, such as Factory, HRC Honda, Star Yamaha, Hep Suzuki, and many more. Whole shot specialist Vince Freeze, as well as Jet Lawrence, Eli Tomac, and Chase Sexton all trust Works Connection to get them to the front. And don't forget, you can also get the Elite Clutch Perch, Radiator Braces, Engraved Master Cylinder Covers, and much more at WorksConnection.com. Use promo code MOTOXPOD20 to save at checkout. Works Connection, the choice of champions. Hey, in case you didn't know, Racetech is the world's largest aftermarket suspension modification company. All Racetech products include award-winning goal valves and settings are 100% guaranteed and made right here in the U.S. of A. Racetech also offers state-of-the-art precision engine services and parts to all engine builders. The staff has over 65 years of championship winning experience. It's so good that many of the top privateer teams such as SGB Honda, Team Solitaire Nuclear Blast Yamaha, and Motul AJE Gas Gas, as well as Jerry Robin, Kevin Morans, and many more, choose Racetech for their superior performance, reliability, and their customer service. Hey guys, what's up? My name's Kate Clayson, and I choose Racetech because I love their desire to strive for perfection. I think we all know that perfection isn't possible, but getting to perfection is always the goal, and I think that is something that both myself and Racetech have always worked towards, and I think they can help you get there too. Hey guys, this is Alex Ray. I use Racetech components in my SGD suspension and also the Racetech engine. The reason I like it is just because uh, the engine's super reliable, tons of torque, and also on the suspension side, it just gives it that plush, nice feeling. Hey, it's your boys over at Team Solitaire. If you don't own Racetech, here's what you do. Put your hands behind your back and run your face into a f***ing wall. Racetech.com. What's up, guys? This is Kevin Moranz, and I choose Racetech because of their convenience of having Racetech centers all around the United States. 
obviously within my Decker Performance Suspension. Works really well. They're very high quality performance products. Definitely check them out. Hey guys, this is Jerry Robin, uh, and I choose Racetech because of uh, the reliable motors, good power, good suspension, and obviously it's great people around and uh, been there for a long time and they're awesome. Visit Racetech.com and use promo code MOTOXPOD to save. When choosing goggles, we all know you have a lot of choices. X-Brand Goggles has grown into the preferred goggles for many of the top privateers, including Kyle Chisholm, Ryan Brees, Ben LeMay, and top GNCC riders like Craig DeLong. X-Brand is the result of years of knowledge from former Honda HRC test rider Rich Taylor and his dad, Hook Taylor. Whether you're leading the pack or getting blasted with roost, X-Brand can stand up to the abuse. You can visit eksbrand.com to see all X-Brand offers. From the unparalleled Lucid Extreme Definition Optics Goggle with the Wave Latch Quick Release Lens System and 4-Layer Factory Foam to the EKSS and the Flat Out Series, you will find a goggle to meet your needs at a price point you'll love. Check your local dealership for X-Brand goggles distributed through WPS. If you want comfort, style, and performance as well as hashtag clear vision, then you want X-Brand. Choose X-Brand because we said so and we're hot. All right, we're back from a uh, break. That uh, Jeremy McGrath interview, Scotty, that was whew, that was something. Yeah, you got, you got a tough fall, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, Christian's going to kill it. Our next guest is brought to you tonight by WUSA. They are not currently a sponsor of the show, but they are coming on board on t- 2023. From WUSA, Kristen Anderson. Kristen, how you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I really want to get you in after or on after this weekend. Obviously... The 2022 W World Vet Motocross Championships just wrapped up. Uh, John was on Pulp last night, and I think he said there was somewhere almost close to 1,100 entries. Yes, uh, we had record number of entries uh, at nearly 1,100, record attendance, uh, almost 2,500 spectators. And we had 24 different countries and 38 different states um, represented. So we're we're really thankful to everybody that just came out and supported the race in one way or another. It, it is why we are successful. Yeah. What do you think the success of this series or this event has been from? I mean, obviously your dad put a lot into it and anybody, Jeremy just said amazing things about your dad. And unfortunately, I never got the chance to meet him. We've talked about that before, but mm-hmm. The event as a whole, though, just more and more people come. Uh, Glenn Helen made tons of improvements this year. It was probably one of the best run vet worlds of all time. Uh, but what do you think it is about this event that's so special? Uh, well, I think, you know, it was born out of, uh, you know, my dad's passion just for the industry itself. Um, you know, I always say like he was literally the most passionate person about motorcycling from racing to the business side to, you know, trying to help people that are, you know, that are in need of it. Of it. Um, and so I think that that's kind of how it started. He just wanted to make a race at, you know, it was out at Paris and he just wanted to make a fun event, a fun weekend for his vet friends. And then it just, you know, turned into this incredible event and it just continued to grow. And I think that people like to be able to come out, you know, everybody likes, you know, competition, um, some more than others, but we've always tried to keep it, um, a competitive event, but, you know, also just a fun time to sit and bench race with your buddies and, you know, talk smack the next 
few weeks after whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's plenty of that going <laughs> I was on. I was about to say that, that didn't happen at all. <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matt just tore into me a little bit about how bad I was. So yeah, that was, yeah. I knew that was coming. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it was cool. Like your whole family was out there, your son, your daughter. I got to, uh, Zane, you know, I talked to you a number of times, really cool kid. I only got to briefly talk to your daughter, but uh, Thanks, your son, yeah. your son. Yeah. He's a, he's a cool kid. Yeah. Thanks. Well, we're, we're proud of if we've done anything right, it's, you know, raising two good kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're really fortunate about that. And, and, you know, they want to come out and support, you know, they, it's funny years ago when we were selling t-shirts, my daughter was out there selling t-shirts. That's how I started. I was right. like, you know, uh, 10 years old and the race started and my dad's like, you're going to sit at this picnic table and you're going to sell event t-shirts. And that was what I did every year until I got like old enough to like negotiate, you know, better pay or like better job, <laughs> job duties. But, yeah. um, yeah, the kids are, you know, the kids wanted to come out and support it and, you know, they, they like the camaraderie that everybody has. And so, you know, we're really fortunate that, uh, everyone around us from our vendors, our customers, our dealers, you know, our partners like you and Steve, um, you know, come out and, and just help, you know, elevate the event that much more. Uh, it was so nice this year getting back from, you know, the COVID decline for a couple of years, yeah. put a little sting on, on some of our foreign guys coming. And, you know, we just got to talk to a lot of people that were just so thankful to, to come and, you know, race at Glen Helen. Yeah, it was amazing. Guys, yeah, so, you know, you're talking about family. I, I, I love seeing family-run businesses. I've worked for my dad. I've, I've worked for other families in the last couple of jobs that I've had. And I, I love that family atmosphere. I just kind of want you to take us through what you, what you like most about being able to work with your family. You know, maybe maybe some pros mostly. Maybe you can throw a couple cons in there too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, John and I met at White Brothers. Um, you know, he's a little older than me. Oh, he's, we're going to get he's into almost, that. <laughs> he's almost 60. I'm close to 50, not quite there yet. But um so we met, I was, you know, just some punk kid at White Brothers and, um, and that's where we met. Um, and so I was used to working at White Brothers for my dad and, you know, working for your parents. Uh, it's not as easy as you might think. My dad held, uh, to a really high standard, but I can look back on it now with an appreciation that I got a work ethic that, um, I'm thankful of. I didn't always appreciate it when I was younger. Um, and then, you know, when White Brothers sold, John and I wanted to create a company together and um, we did that. And, you know, we shared an office for like the first two years. It's amazing. Like we didn't kill each other because it was just a teeny <laughs> tiny little office. Like I could throw a stapler at his head if I wanted to. That's, and that's, um, that's really uh, like you've, you've thought of that. I feel like that was very specific. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you've met him. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I, I felt like, um, you know, it, it was, it was important for us to do something that we both wanted to do that we were passionate about together. And, you know, now we're really lucky. Our son works there. Um, you know, he's learning all aspects of the business, which is something my dad, you know, taught me, you know, he told me if you're going to own your own business, you need to know how to answer a sales call, create a purchase order, reconcile a bank statement, and do all that. So Zane just graduated high school and he's in the fire academy, but he's also working for us part-time. And um, it is important to us because I think that it's, it runs in our blood and we are all passionate about it in some way. And we're really fortunate that we can make a living, um, you know, working together and doing something that we like. And, and, you know, we've had a lot of the same staff for a while and they're like family. And um, so it's just, we're really fortunate. Yeah. And I want to, I'm shifting gears drastically here, but you brought this up a little while ago, the age difference. And we touched on it in the, our article that I did on John and vital. And of course we all know the Chris Kiefer, uh, aspect <laughs> of this conversation and 
Galdi and Noof came up and met you and took pictures. Like, is that something that you experience a lot? Like people talking about the age difference and you know, you're, you're a very attractive woman. So that gets brought up on the pulp <laughs> conversation. Is that really, is it pretty specific to pulp and kefir or do you get that? I a think lot? it's just them. They're okay. good for my ego, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I need to like start sliding you guys some money on the side to like help my, my confidence or no, something. No but, uh, I mean the age difference. Yes. People, jo- people joke around about it. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's, we're 13 years apart. We met when I was eight years old, you know, like it's, <laughs> It's there, yeah. um, but but I don't hear aside from like people joking around. I know like the basement husband joke, yeah, which yeah. I don't totally even know what that is. But um, yeah, yeah, there's always some little snide jokes, um, and John's always very quick to say that you know that I'm the lucky one, not him. Yeah. <laughs> it, basement basically means he's at the bottom. You're you're elevated. You're you're way. It you. basically means you're way too hot for him. But John's a good looking oh. dude. Yeah, oh, yeah, he is. He's, He's a, a good-looking good guy. So yeah. <laughs> we just celebrated 20 years of marriage. So <laughs> that's, that's really awesome. Yeah, I, I love the story. Again, check out vital.com. Uh, there's an interview I did with John, and he talks about all that, how they met, and how the, the you know he wasn't dating her when she was 12. So you guys don't worry about that. No. You know, it was it was <laughs> it was years later. So it was all fine. And you know, you're, I, how was your dad with that? Like, was it ever weird? Um, well, no, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't weird for me. Um, but John always tells the story that, you know, when my dad finally, we didn't tell my dad right away, you know, and, um, when he, we, he finally figured it out, (laughs) he pulled, he pulled John in his office and said, Hey, if this doesn't work out with you and my daughter, um, one of you is going to be without a job and it's not her. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, but it worked out and you know, it, it, here we are. Right. Scotty. Did you have something? Oh, I was. Just, I mean, I have. I, I have. Uh, me and my fiance have a gap, so I. I it's really not. Not that, that big though. That's a big gap. <laughs> what was What was the number? You say thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. ten, ten and a half. Oh, okay. Ten right. and a half. I yeah. mean. It's, ten and a half. Yeah, that's close. Yeah, I mean, I, and you know. I think I honestly think. Are you older or? She's I'm. Older. I'm older. Yeah. So yeah. I think I had needed a lot of grow. I had a lot of growing up to do, and still so do. still do. And and you mm-hmm. know she she has some things that she grows on too. So I think it works. I. I yeah. I have a uh, family member that's in a, has a gap like that. Well, guys older than the girl. I I just think it, it well, kind of matches um, personalities. Uh, well. or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I'm blanking now. Doesn't matter. I'll move on. The coolest <laughs> thing though about you guys is that you you have the same passion. You know, the sport of motocross mm-hmm. and dirt bikes. That that's a big benefit, right? I mean, if it, it's hard in a relationship sometimes when you're into like myself and racing and maybe the person you're with isn't, it, yeah. yeah, it really is a struggle, but it's really cool to see you out there enjoying it and then enjoying the sport as a family. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're definitely fortunate that I can, you know, I can listen to John talk about racing and moto and all this, you know, to some extent <laughs> I do have other interests, but, um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're fortunate that we can go out and, you know, enjoy the weekend together and, you know, and I mean, we're working, but you know, it, it's, it's not really like work. It's, you know, spending time together and enjoying, you know, the industry that's really given us, um, a lot. So we're, we're, fortunate and i am appreciative to everybody for that our yeah. customers and everybody it's we couldn't do it without them you know the the moto industry kind of has it's like it's obviously it's its own little world and so it's it's kind of nice that for that because you can you can kind of go off of what other you know successful corporations or businesses have done and i just kind of want to know maybe what's kind of like a you know a a, a style or i'm kind of 
lacking on a word right now, but what's kind of something that y'all, a company that y'all look forward to and kind of try to implement maybe something that you've seen successful somewhere else? Um, well, you know, I think that, um, number one, I mean, obviously I, I relied really on my dad's, um, business model. You know, he had a business model of, um, making sure that when you work someplace, everybody knew how to do most everything because you just never know. And, mm-hmm. and we have that at Debya. Um, you know, we want people to be able to be, you know, multidimensional where they can answer a sales call or they can help lace a wheel or ship a package. And, um, you know, a good majority of our staff can do that. Um, but you know, there's just people that I've been fortunate enough to grow up and watch and I have such a high respect for, you know, Eddie Cole. Um, he was a good friend of my dad's and he's an amazing businessman. And, um, I, I look at all of his companies and how he sort of run things. And I, you know, I, I would be, you know, remiss to say that I don't try and emulate him. I have picked up the phone and called him and say, Hey, Eddie, can I run this by you? Um, you know, Craig Shoemaker, who used to own WPS, uh, when my dad and I, fir- when I first started W, we went up to WPS and um, I was begging them basically to sell our wheels. <laughs> and I, yeah. I needed a big customer at the time. And so we went up there and I hadn't been to WPS before. And it was like a, a White Brothers on steroids. You know, they had a lot more people than we did, but he just, he would cruise the sales floor and he'd always say hi to everybody. And he was friendly and engaging with his staff. He wasn't like the boss. You know, and, and, and I just, that's, I don't want to ever be the boss. I don't want mm-hmm. anybody that I work with that works at Debbie to feel like, oh, I can't talk to Kristen because she's the boss or, yeah. and I know John feels the same way. Like, we're just, we're just a place you work, you know, like, and we might sign your check, but we, we want to help, you know, you grow and learn and, and feel like you enjoy coming to work. I mean, it's work at the end of the day, but, um, but it's a pretty, you know, fun place to work. And, um, and so that's probably one thing that I, always want to make sure it's not fun every day. Right. Right. Yeah. But But that's um, cool that you have that, that outlook because uh, yeah, most people hate going to work. Right. So if you have mm -hmm. a boss that wants you to enjoy your job and and feel comfortable like that, 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 I mean, that's the first step. So yeah, that's, that's great. I I was going to ask you, since we're talking about this, I heard that sometimes you can be pretty, pretty tough on the business side. So <laughs> you heard I, that? <laughs> I heard that, which I, when I was told that I was like, I, that doesn't fit, but I've only, obviously I've only talked to you a couple of times and it's at events. So I've never had to deal with you on the business side, you know, uh, yeah. media, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't, was that, was that somebody I know or, I uh, yeah, know. you know, the person, it, it wasn't bad. I, it was just like, she's kind of scared me sometimes. Uh, yeah. I mean, Hey, I, that's the Tom White side of me. Like you (laughs) never know where you're never going to question where I stand on something. I'm not going to dance around it. Um, I just tell you how it is. Um, and sometimes, I I mean, I could probably work on that, but, (laughs) um, you know, it's just, if, if I don't like you doing something, then I'm going to tell you, or, you know, if I think we could do it differently, I'm also going to tell you that it doesn't mean I'm not open to suggestions, but yeah, I can be bitchy. There's no (laughs) doubt about it. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. That, that answered that question. I love it. Uh, how about the, the X brand goggles with the W branding that you guys gave myself and Mathis that's, those will be available. I don't know when, when are those available? 
they're going to be available the week of Thanksgiving. We'll be uh, okay. launching them with some specials and some things like that. I mean, we kind of did like a little soft uh, launch out at the vet race. Um, yep. But yeah, John, um, you know, another person we've worked with uh, who runs a very successful business is Rich Taylor. Mm-hmm. And so um, him and John kind of created this passion project really for John. John always thought it would be cool to have a goggle. And uh, and so we kind of co, uh, co-branded the X-Brand goggle that's the Lucid um, goggle. And, um, you know, it's a great goggle and we're proud of that. We're not getting, you know, like it was just like kind of a one thing. It's a one-off thing, just something fun and unique. But, um, but yeah, we're really fortunate to be able to partner with people. I mean, we can, we can call up people and say, Hey, we have this crazy idea. Can we like make a W goggle? And Rich was like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. It's really cool. X brand's a sponsor of the show and I've worked for rich for years selling x brand out here and i was already in the lucids anyway and these things are great if you guys haven't seen them they were on camera a minute ago but uh they're all black lucids with gray w branding they've got the w logo on this on the lens and I bl- they'll be available on wusa.com around thanksgiving mm-hmm. correct yeah that's correct yeah they're they're fantastic so check those things out i wore them in moto two the first moto of sunday morning and really dark tinted lens which was perfect because it was the sun was just blasting in my face at the time so yeah Yeah. very very cool that um what else is going on with w for 23 obviously you guys sponsor many of the teams and privateers in the pits you're probably the leader in wheels in our sport what's new for 23 Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, going into racing, um, you know, we're really fortunate to be on nearly all of the teams, Mm -hmm. you know, all the teams are still kind of sorting some of themselves out. But um, I think it's safe to say that probably 90% of them will be on a W uh, hub, either it be Han or Kite. Uh, Han's manufactured in the Netherlands and Kite is out of Italy, you know, on the KTM star team. And um, Han is the Netherlands and that's Rockstar Husky, AEO and a few others. Um, And And then obviously we also want to support the privateers as best we can. Um, And so that's, that's exciting. You know, racing is kind of what drives the business, but we also have, um, you know, our edge wheel, which is our price point wheel. Um, Our adventure business has really taken off over the last, you know, six or nine months. We do cush drive hubs, we do tubeless wheels. Um, So on the adventure side, basically anything you need, you know, we have that. Um, We also have um, our vintage and OE rebuild, which has really taken off. On a life of its own. Um, vintage is obviously, you know, special to me because my dad collected vintage bikes. Yeah. Um, but now it's kind of just become its own animal where we just have a whole vintage division. We have a couple guys that that's all they do all day. Uh, and really because we, you know, can manufacture our spokes in house, all these vintage guys that have, you know, a 70 CZ or a Mako or a Rickman or whatever, they can just send us the hubs. We'll make the spokes. We'll lace it to rims. We'll Cerakote them, do whatever they want. Um, so that's kind of become, uh, its own animal. Uh, Scotty, it's going to be really awkward. How sexy is it her t- hearing her talk about wheels and like knowing what she's talking about? No comment. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. Um, yeah, it's pretty hot. Uh, Go ahead, Scotty, because I'm just flustered now. Yeah, you, 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 got, he's, you literally, he's red. You literally got him wow. red. Man, <laughs> to be John Anderson. <laughs> so I, I just, you know, kind of off the top of my head, I was thinking, so this time of year, getting ready for Christmas season, mm-hmm. compared to all of the, you know, springtime, all of the racing seasons about to start, what do y'all see a bigger spike in sales of? Um... Well, you know, the last couple of years, we have just, 
had spikes all across the board. COVID mm-hmm. really just changed our company, you know, I mean, because everybody wanted to get out and ride their bike or mm-hmm. they had an old bike in the garage they wanted to spruce up. Um, but typically we start to see business peak, you know, after Thanksgiving where the weather's good, people are going out to the desert, they're riding. And then Christmas, we get like a little burst of, you know, things like that. Right now we're doing a lot of um, wheels for Minios. Um, and then right when Supercross takes off, it's kind of like the season goes full bore and, and again, because we're doing more than just custom wheels, you know, you can al- always go to our custom wheel builder and build your dream wheel. Um, or you can just say, hey, I'm a little bit on a budget and I want to do my, you know, OEM uh, hubs or whatever. We also just offer service if somebody just wants to come in and uh, or bring their wheels in and have us just, you know, check the bearings and do all that. So typically our season is January to May where it's kind of just full all out. Um, but like I was saying, during COVID, we didn't have a slow month at all. We're starting to see things rain back in. Um, but I think that, you know, it's fair to say January through through May is is across the board, whether it's custom wheels or price point wheels. You know, the mail order houses, we have Rocky Mountain and MSO that stock our edge wheels. Uh, and they're stocking for Christmas now. So we're busy trying to keep up with their POs and, uh, and then just general orders. Yeah, and I want you touched on, before I got flustered, the edge wheel. That's something we touched on also in the mag in the article. If you guys haven't read it and you're listening, and you're like, "Hey, I, I'd love to get some custom wheels." The Edge Wheel is like their price point wheel, right? It's it's mm-hmm. it's more affordable, but it's it's also probably stronger than your OEM wheel. And yes, can, it's you, we consider it an OEM plus wheel. Yeah. Um, and it's seven ninety nine for a set. It's available in manufacturers colors, meaning orange KTM, blue Husky, you know, so on and yeah. so forth. Um, and you can't customize it. It's silver spokes and silver nipples and a black rim. Um, but if you're looking for either a second set of wheels or if you're just a weekend warrior dad on a budget, it's it's really a good a good fit for you. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, and. I, I want to tell you, thank you. I, I think I already told you, and I told John, like I got my first set of W wheels this weekend for my Husky. I ran mm-hmm. them on that KTM, and yeah, I, I felt pretty cool having the the Cerakoted, you know, the, the wheels. Just oh, they look so good. Too I just, bad the W didn't yeah. get you a W. Yeah, it didn't give me a W. <laughs> well, I didn't get myself a W. I got I got worse. Well, we can only do so much. They, they say consistency wins championships, and I think I went like twenty nineteen nineteen. That's pretty consistent. Yeah, Lee bad. Yeah, well, it is, but hey, we'll get there when it's time. <laughs> that was the up. time. That was my first oh, yeah. ever, first ever uh, intermediate race. So I moved up just yeah, to race. Well, Steve. So then you did good. You had a fun weekend. You're safe. You're healthy. That's, you're walking around. So considering how scared I was Friday on that track, the fact that I left safe is all I cared about. Yeah, that was terrifying. Yeah, good. So, well, Kristen, it's been a pleasure. I know. As in the last time you were on here, you said you were a little nervous, but you did great. And it's always <laughs> awesome talking to well, you. Well, thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. And, um, you know, again, thanks to everyone for supporting yep. uh, the vet race. Thank you, you know, for coming out, Jamie. And, um, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be what it is without all everybody else. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. I appreciate all the work you and John do and the, the friendships we've started. And it's really great getting to talk to you. Really great getting a chance to talk to we're you. Gonna to, hold on, we're gonna take a break. Yeah, Darkside's gonna have to go walk, take a walk. I, I won't talk about wheels anymore. All right. <laughs> I mean, we could talk about like torque specs and. No, you know, well, I gotta go, Kristen. <laughs> gotta go. <laughs> All right. Well, tell your husband I said hi. Okay. Tell your family I said hi. It was great meeting everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Right, thank take you. care. See ya. Bye. All right. All right. The lovely Kristen Anderson. Good show. John. John knows he was just sitting there back there going, "Man, <laughs> Dude, whatever." You're such a dork. I'm a dork? Yeah. That's cool.
Why am that I was good. But I just that that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, she's she was a good guest though, right? She was, was good, good guest. Yeah. She, I mean, good guest. Seriously, dude, I, you know I got some coming for you. Yeah, yeah. 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 All yeah. right, we're gonna take another commercial break, our last commercial break, and we will be back with Tiffany Miller. Are you tired of your bike looking stock? Have you had enough of arm pump from inferior handlebars? Are you sick of losing the race on the last lap because you can't hold on to your old worn-out grips? If you've had any of these things happen, you don't have to be the laughingstock of your Moto Group anymore. Today, the Moto X-Pod Show is here with the solution of all your problems. Torque One Racing. Torque One is an organization founded by individuals with passion above and beyond for the racing industry. Their mission is to provide high-quality, economical performance parts for your dirt bike, quad, and street bike. From the attack handlebar, defy lock-on grips, vengeance levers, and more, their products are made to the highest of quality, the lightest in weight, and most importantly, affordability to their customers. They bring passion, commitment, energy, focus, enthusiasm, and ambition to their products. And most of all, they are an experienced organization that has come together from other organizations to bring you the best of the best. Visit them at TorqueOneRacing.com. That's T-O-R-C-1 Racing.com. And be sure to follow them on Instagram and Facebook. All right, guys, we're back, and our next guest of the night is going to be brought to you tonight by Cherubies USA. For decades, Cherubies USA has been the leader in moto plastic accessories. With products that fit perfect, look great, and last, Cherubies has what you need. Whether it's full plastic kits, individual pieces, hand guards, chain guides and sliders, or anything else they offer, visit acherubiesusa.com and use that promo code. <laughs> There's no promo code for Cherubies, Scotty. That was a flub. But anyway, tonight, <laughs> Cherubies USA brings us Tiffany Miller. What's going on, Tiffany? Nothing. I'm just hanging out. Just cleaned up the apartment. How are you guys? Doing good. We're just uh, going through the show. We had McGrath on tonight, Tiffany. I know. It was a big deal. And Chiz. Yeah. I was going to send you the picture I got of being Chiz at Washougal. He's so nice. He's the best. He he was like my, well, he's he's one of my all-time favorite riders, which is kind of strange, I think, but he's one of my guys. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, it's a big show, so I'm pretty nervous. Nah, don't be. Don't be. So... You do customer service for motorsport, correct? Uh, I'm actually, I used to do customer okay. service. And now um, I'm actually one of the team leads or managers, if you will. But, and I have a team of reps that I just help, uh, you know, with their customers. And so when you get connected at motorsport, you talk to one of my reps and I just help them do their thing and, you know, just keep motorsport moving so yeah that's pretty cool motorsport obviously a big sponsor of pulp mix so i use the or in our the wrap-up show that i do so i use it quite a bit how did well let's back up how did you get involved with dirt bikes and moto oh well, it's like everybody else for the most part you know i grew up out on like 12 acres and my dad always had bikes that came from my dad my mom did not ever like motorcycles <laughs> um but yeah i mean my dad had like a little xr80 for me that's what i learned clutch on and i just grew up riding in a field and i never got to race moto growing up um so that was just something you know we couldn't afford it for one so i just grew up riding in my backyard and then i went to college i quit riding bikes you know all through that and then 
Uh, I was working as a therapist after college for a couple of years. And I was like, man, I'm super not happy. So I'm just going to, I just showed up to my local shop and I said, here's my resume. And I just love motorcycles. Can I sweep the floors essentially? And oh, wow. ended up, ended up getting, I just happened to walk in and the, the girl that was in the apparel department, she actually put her two weeks in. It was like, the stars aligned and I just took that leap of faith and left my therapy job and never looked back, man, you know, started out in the shops for a good few years, then went to Tucker, got to be on the corporate side, uh, went to EBS for a short stint, which my EBS role actually plays into a really big thing with my moto resume stuff. We can talk about that later. Yeah. We're going to um, get into that for sure. But yeah, no, I just, kind of made my way through the industry and now I'm at motorsport. COVID was a blessing, um, you know, and a curse, but it was a blessing <laughs> because I'm able to work from home, yeah. uh, for motorsport, which is awesome. And, you know, we got a lot of great reps from all over the country now who can offer their advice, you know, all sorts of different riding styles, street adventure, you know, off-road moto. It's, I mean, our gearheads are great. So yeah, and that's, that's where I am now. Yeah, and of course, you still ride when you can. Yeah, when I can. I actually take, uh, you know, my focus now is obviously work, but on Rhett, my little Your one. Your daughter, yeah. She, she loves riding her Strider. We go to the BMX park. I'll take her to the local tracks around here, and she'll, she'll moto down in the pit. She loves watching our friends ride. So she's very much in the scene, and, you know, she's got her P-dub, and uh, whenever she's big enough to ride that, but she loves it so that's kind of my main focus now and my suzuki just is a good talking point right it's sitting in my apartment so you know that's what its purpose serves now but yeah yeah Yeah, your your uh your daughter obviously is she's gonna grow up in the scene with her dad being our our, you know one of my buddies skippy and uh he races and so she's gonna grow up in the scene and she's gonna ride are you prepared for that oh absolutely we were prepared you know (laughs) We were prepared before she was even born. And the great thing, you know, too, is with her dad being who he is, he's so knowledgeable on not just riding, but on the safety aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just I know while there are, you know, there's always going to be a a pit in your tummy, if you will, you know, for a crash. I mean, she's already had big spills at the BMX (laughs) park, but she had her fly formula carbon on and, and she took, she took a digger to the noggin and she didn't even cry. She just got up and looked at me and said, crash. And I was like, (laughs) yep, you sure did crash baby. But you know, if she, she, I hope she takes to it. You know, I love, love being around it. I love the scene. I wouldn't do what I do if I didn't love it. But I always said if she doesn't like it and she wants to do something else, we'll just sell everything and she can do whatever she wants. So. Yeah, she'll probably go through some stages. But growing up with you and her dad, um, she's going to be around a lot. So I, I imagine it's going to be in her blood. Oh, yeah. I love it. So <laughs> I'm not so much nervous, but I'm sure I'll change my tune when she actually lines up behind the gate for Oof. the first time, you know? Yeah, I'm so glad my kid never really got into it. He only, well, he did race <laughs> once, but he wrote, just went riding a few times and I was a nervous wreck. I hated it. So, yep. Well, you're not giving me any hope then, Darkseid. Well, it wasn't good for me. <laughs> and the other thing was he wasn't very, he just wasn't very good. Neither am I apparently, but uh, <laughs> I was always panicked when I was on the track and he was out there riding and I was like, oh, where is he? Where is he? And he's, oh, he fell over. I got to go help him. And it was just, yeah, it made it hard to enjoy going and riding myself. I should, probably should have just given it up for a while and. But he went into it anyway, so it worked out. There you go. Uh, well, let's talk about Moto Resume. What 
what brought this on? Talk about what it is, you know, what you're trying to do. So Moto Resume came about when I was at my job at EVS. I was the athlete manager for a real short stint. Um, but in that time, you know, I had a lot of people who we had a sponsorship program. You mm-hmm. had to go to our website and uh, in in the link on the website, you had to submit a resume. And I had I had seen hundreds and hundreds of emails from writers that one didn't have a resume and two, if they did, it might've just been like a, a word document with just some bullet points, maybe, you know, no photos, no social media handles, nothing I could reference or gauge what type of sponsorship level I should give them. Um, so my idea for Moto Resume really came from that. And I saw the need for writers um, to have something built, just like when you and I go to apply for a job and, you know, you have to have a work resume to highlight your skills, yep. um, you know, big career points, I guess, if you want to, you know, focus on those. And so that's what I do. I, I have a form that I have my riders fill out. I just send them an email and they fill out this form with their race results from, you know, the current year, uh, or 2021, you know, if we got to go back a little bit, but give me your best race results. I also look up the race results just to confirm, cause there are companies that, you know, they do dig into that. Yep. Um, so I just verify race results. I get your year make model of the bikes that you're on. Um, you know, I get a little background on the rider and I, I grab social media, I grab their videos. I can, you know, I make a PDF with links to their social media. Oh, cool. yeah. Um, I get photos and I, and I put it all together typically in a two, three page format. Um, and it's really a good snapshot for these, you know, people who are looking, who are running the sponsorships for their brands, you know, for ProTape or, or Answer, you know, these guys, they have to dig through, they really have to sift through thousands of applications. And my resume helps to really highlight, they can get a quick glance, they know what type of rider they're looking at and what kind of, you know, level of sponsorship to do. But the resume itself, um, it does set most riders apart who use my resumes or provide a clean looking resume. It will set you apart to get that next level of sponsorship. Yeah. So just for people listening, you're promoting this, but I'll just from my experience, you know, before the podcast stuff, when I was trying to get help, I, I literally went online, looked at a couple uh, templates or whatever of resumes. And I built a resume. It's the same thing you're talking about. Like I was running the Moto Master Series at the time and, put in my results and what I was looking for, what my goals were for next year, you know, and I would a little bio about myself. Hey, I'm a slow vet rider. I don't know why the hell you'd even want to help me, but if you did, I would promote you. And you know, I have buddies that would be like, well, how'd you get that sponsorship? You know, I, I can't get any help. And I'm like, well, you, yeah, you got to send these resumes in and it, you, you got to put some work in and it really does work. I picked up a number of 25 or 40% off discounts from companies and yeah, you could go to hook it and get something, but if you do a resume like you're talking about, I would imagine you're probably going to get a little better deals and more long-term help. Oh yeah, definitely. That's um, one thing because I've had parents ask me, parents and riders, you know, oh, what's what about hook it? What's your experience with that? The difference, you know, with applying directly to the manufacturer is you're going to get a better deal than what hook it would give you hook. It's a middleman and they get their cut. Right. Yep. And a lot of times too, you're just going to get the bare minimum sponsorship. Um, it's just from what I have seen 
working directly with those manufacturers, um, you create a relationship, you know, it's one to one on one, you and them. And then it gives you the opportunity to really foster a long term relationship with these brands. And, you know, you can work directly with them. You can, you know, tell them what you're doing and what your plans are with riding and, and, you know, you get the better deals. And so that's, that's my take on it. And that's why I do what I do, um, where it is just, you know, it's, it's a resume for yep. these manufacturers. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll confirm that one of our sponsors on the show, he told me a number of years ago, like he hates dealing with hook it. He would rather deal with the kid personally and give them a bigger discount just to not deal with hook it almost. So he'd like to build that relationship. So that your point that you just made was dead on from what I've been told from, you know, some mm -hmm. of the industry people, uh, how can people reach out to you if they want to get your help? Uh, so I don't have a website that right. is in the works. However, you can go to Instagram and you can follow me at, uh, it's at moto resume. Um, and then I also have my personal page, Tiffany Miller underscore two, three, zero. That's, you know, I get a lot of my, um, a lot of my clients through my personal one as well, mm -hmm. but I'm very active on both, but really Instagram is going to be the best way to get in contact with me. You just shoot me a message, give me a follow, shoot me a message. And it's as easy. It literally takes five minutes to get you going. Um, you know, I'm all, I'm always on my phone. I'm always at home, <laughs> you know, working. So right. I, you know, I'll, I'll see it, but, um, yeah, you just follow my Instagram pages and, and we just go from there. Perfect. Uh, well, first of all, if you said you're developing a website, I, I work for a, a media company that does that. So if you ever need any help, hit me up. Uh, so, I might have yeah. I might have to hit you up. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. getting to a point where I know that a website would streamline everything for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My my I work for a company where we do all that development stuff. So hit me up if you need it. But my question was. Um, I think the sport is starving for stuff like this. So I'm first of all, I'm glad to see that this is happening. And the more I hear about it, I, th I think it's going to be a great success. I just wanted to know maybe what you thought some of your best success stories have been so far and maybe a little bit of what the uh, parents feedback is. I'm sure they love it. Oh man. It was, it was funny because I was listening to um, Jeremy McGrath talk about how he had a publicist, right? Mm -hmm. And um, you know, not only am I doing this resume, but, I like to think I have a fair amount of insight on how to really promote yourself as a rider. And a lot of these parents, you know, they, they, um, they're busy. They're busy driving across the country. I've, I've done resumes for people all over the country now at this point and from amateur riders all the way to privateer pros, you know, um, they're just, they're busy. And the feedback has been great. Uh, I've had, I actually, one of my favorite stories is, um, a local Texas kid. He's a, he's a C-class rider. He just went from 125s to 250s in the C-class. Um, you know, his riding has been phenomenal in the past year. He's really like, it just clicked for him with my resume. Um, I don't want to say it's all my resume. Uh, it wasn't cause his riding is great. He's a, he's a good kid. Um, but his dad got back to me and told me that, Hey, you know, I applied with your resume and he got a full sponsorship for the year with, uh, answer. And he gets the gear, he gets, you know, so many gear sets for the year. He also got, 
um, a great sponsorship with Pro Taper, where he gets, you know, so much money to spend on Pro Taper stuff. And, you know, so that made me feel really good. I'm like, okay, my work is is getting out there. And then um, on top of that, when his resume went across the desk of the people at Pro Taper and Answer, uh, those guys over at Tucker actually reached out to me and they said, this is this is how I wish all the resumes look. This is how I like, you got to tell families and riders that this is what we are looking for um, in applications. It's a quick snapshot. It helps us figure out, okay, there's some action shots. I can see how they're riding. All right, cool. They got their goals for, you know, 2023 or for the upcoming year. That's what they're looking for. That's what these brands are looking for. And how will the rider, because you have to think of it too, it's a return on investment for the sponsor. You know, they're not just handing out discounts. Um, they expect you as a rider to promote their brand, right? And so that's also something I'm incorporating. I have um, I have a couple riders who their families have agreed to let me help coach um, as far as marketing goes, you know, it's not just throwing those Insta bangers on. A lot of people like to just <laughs> post up a sweet, which, you know, if I could throw a, you know, a pancake on my Suzuki, heck yeah, I'd be posting it. <laughs> but it's really, I want to instill in these young riders who are coming up how to, it's like Jeremy McGrath said, branding yourself. Um, because there's, you know, there are a lot of riders who post those bangers. But when you are taking the time to highlight one of your sponsors going, you know, say your local your local dealership who sponsors you gets you, you know, OEM parts at a good deal. Go to that shop, put their hat on, put their shirt on, stand out there with your bike in front of their shop and say, this is their hours. This is where I get my parts. You can shop here. Da, 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 da. And, you know, that is what helps foster that long-term relationship. And then other brands will see, wow, that, that kid is, he's marketing himself. Wow. I want to work with him. Yeah, he's going to be a good representation of my brand. And so that's what I really, you know, on top of these resumes, um, you know, I feel I can offer that as well. Just some sort of guidance. You know, I, I don't want to say I'm the best or, you know, I'm not the worst, but I like to think I can offer guidance to these families and riders on how they can not just get the sponsorships, but really um, foster that relationship with their sponsors. And, and I've had a just amazing feedback from every client that I've worked with and, you know, they've, you know, maybe I've, I'll crank out a resume for them. And if there's something they don't like, you know, they're open and telling me and I'll adjust it until they like it. Yeah. So I'm always willing to adjust and make it exactly how they want. I make the riders involved. I make sure that the parents share it with their riders because ultimately that's, that's their, that's their resume. So yeah. Yeah. And, and this isn't just for young kids. I mean, I, I was like 40 years old when I did the whole thing I was talking about a minute ago, put a resume together and reached out and picked up fly and X brand. Galfer. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you don't have to even be racing that much. I wasn't racing that. No. I was only racing. You a, don't even have to be a racer. Like yeah, that's it's the, true. That's the beauty of what I do is I take pride and, you know, even if you don't race or, um, you know, you're a weekend warrior, you know, it's an expensive sport, but we all have something to offer, even if we're not a racer. And and we see, you know, these free riders, they're not competing. People aren't yeah. always competing, but, but just getting, you know, branding yourself. And, and I, I tell that to every client that I work with. It doesn't matter if your kid's a P-Dub racer who just got his bike, hasn't raced yet. We can make something. 
that brands will look at and be like, wow, this person took the time to have this nice resume made. Yeah, they should definitely get a sponsorship or some sort of help because they're going just that little extra mile, um, you know, to show that they're, you know, they they would they want the brand. You yep, know? absolutely. Yeah, it was. It's so funny. Like you said, the Insta bangers. These these kids like literally think like I just threw a whip on Instagram. Where's my money? You know, like <laughs> like it's it's so yep. it's yeah. so not the case. Um, but so one of the questions I had for you is not. It's kind of off topic. Um, so you know, I've I've had some times where I've where I've been in a race and I've raced and I've raced against girls and I don't. It doesn't really matter to me. A racing's a race, and I'm going to race you the same no matter what. But I have seen some cases. Or that wasn't that wasn't the idea, and that people have kind of you know been extra aggro to because the, it's a girl rider. I just kind of want to know what what experiences you've had with that, and if you had any good stories. Oh my gosh! I <laughs> so normally I raced. Oh, I was racing a lot more before I uh, got pregnant with my kiddo, and now I'm you know I work a lot, and I'm a single mom <laughs> most of the time, and uh, so I don't really have a lot of time for racing anymore, but. Uh, when I was racing, I was typically in, you know, the women's class. So there'd be like five or 10 of us and they're all younger than me. And they'd spank my butt on their KX 85. <laughs> but, um, one of my favorite races was out at Swan MX and I lined up, I can't remember what class it was, but it was an open class, um, an age class, but it wasn't, the pros weren't allowed in it. So I didn't have to worry about that, you know, but I was on the line with, 450s and 250s and older guys like who are probably in their eh, like 30s so probably some sort of plus 25 class but I lined up with this guy on his RMZ 450 and you know we're just we're just talking and having a good old time and and I told the guy I said I'm gonna beat you to the first I'm gonna beat you to the first turn I said, I, cause I'm pretty confident in my starts and I have yeah. a pretty good reaction time. And he's like, okay. And I said, all right. And then I did beat him to the first <laughs> corner. It was so funny, but I mean, I've never had any, you know, I'm not super fast. So, but I've heard, I, I work with some women at motorsport who are B riders, B riders in the men's class. And yeah. And yeah, they have had some stories where dudes are just super aggro, mm. give them a hard time because they're because the girls are faster but that's not always the case you know but i've heard of it um i haven't ran into it myself the guys have always been super nice you have to line up with me i love it i appreciate those guys and they make it it's a lot a lot of fun when i get to line up with them so when when was that i was probably in that race yeah, you were probably that guy i, I wasn't on the rm no, so it wasn't me but i probably literally was in that race because i braced that plus 25 class at swan all the time open amateur uh this was probably back in 2018 mm. i believe was the year before i got pregnant 20 2018 i think 2018 2019 was it pro challenge or was it just a race uh, I don't think it was the pro challenge because I wouldn't have gone to that. I still I probably was there. I raced that entire series yeah. in the plus 25 class in 2018. So well, maybe we were okay. there. It yeah. was the one and only time I did that class because I just wanted to do more than the women's class. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it was fun. It was a good time. I loved it. Well, guys, if you're looking for some help and I'm telling you, you get what well, you do on these uh, resumes and you might get, you, we all complain about how expensive gear is and whatever. All the parts are expensive. My first sponsorship from Fly was something like 40% off, and it helps. And if you stick with them, like the next year, I think it was 50% off, you know, and that's huge. So if you guys are looking for some help and you don't really know what to do, then you got to hit up Tiffany. Uh, again, at Tiffany Miller underscore 230 or at 
Moto Resume on Instagram. She'll help you out. She's been helping a lot of people out. And I don't know. This I think this is an appropriate statement. You, you're, you're again. We mentioned your ex is Skippy. He's my buddy. You know how relationships can be when they go they when they end. Skippy said nothing but great things about Tiffany and how her resume stuff's been going. How proud he was of her. So if the ex can talk, say positive things about her, it's got to be good. So I, I think that I my you know I'm I'm pleasantly surprised with how my resume stuff has been going. Yeah. it's been a real joy for me to know that I'm helping the moto community. Um, you know, cause it's like you guys had said earlier, it's something I think that is really needed. Um, yeah, yeah. a lot of parents, that's what they say. I need help. I need help finding these sponsors. Can you help me? And I, and I offer not just the resume, but you know, after I make that resume for you, if you ever have questions on where to apply, how to apply, um, you know, I'm there every step of the way and I'm more than happy to do that. So Perfect. just as long as everyone's okay with knowing that I work full time and yeah, yeah, of course, full time. So yes. <laughs> well, you guys reach out to her. And if for some reason you're struggling to find the Instagram, if you're, you know, an old, uh, not very tech savvy, you can always get in touch with me or the, the show and we'll get you in touch with Tiffany. Tiffany, it was really great talking to you. It's been a long time since I've had a chance to visit with you. So, uh, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dark Side, and I miss you, and I'm so proud of you doing uh, all these big things. You're a big deal, man. Nah, same old guy, man. Same old guy. Just had a couple yeah. things go my way, and yeah. shut up. Yeah, shut you up, deserve guy. it all, man. I'm well, proud of you. Well, I'm proud of you, too, and I look forward to seeing you soon, Tiffany. Thank you. All right. Thanks, all right. guys. All right. See you later. Bye. All right. Thanks to Tiffany Miller for coming on. Thanks to Kyle Chisholm, Jeremy McGrath, Kristen Anderson from W Wheels. Scotty, good show. Whatever uh, whatever happened to our whatever our, we called our post thing, the cross-rutted. It was the it was something to do cross-rutted. With, oh, that yeah, I just kind of dropped that. I thought you were talking about the beef. Well, we, we stopped doing the beef. Oh, we, yeah, you you came up with these great great helpings. ideas, and then we don't. Yeah. Well, we haven't done that many shows recently. That is also so true. That is also part of it. Very true statement. Yeah, yeah. It's just the off season, and I've been man with the new job. I've been gone a lot. Uh, like next week, no show. I'll be in Paris until Monday night. And then I have to do Pulp's doing his show Tuesday. Kind of screwed us over. We could do a show, but I'm still getting paid to do a couple more wrap-ups. And I've got to kind of – I have to put the – unfortunately, I have to put Pulp first until that uh, contract's up. So, yeah. Yeah. It I is what you. it is. It is what it is. But, uh, yeah, thanks for everybody. It was a great show. Really enjoyed it. I want to thank a Cherubies USA, Race Tech, Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Works Connection, Torque One Racing, R-Jerky, Berm Lords, Graphics and Jersey ID, Shock Socks, Williams Moto Works, Extreme Colors, Blood Lubricants, Power Band Racing, True Fusion Sports, and Grill Your Ass Off. This is episode 248. Again, no show next week. We will let you know when the next one's coming. And once again, I still have not sent out the Grill Your Ass Off or the Hellfire album it will get sent off when I get back from Paris. But I'm next the one week. that never does anything. Well, I do. I'm busy as shit. It'll be. It'll go out next week. I promise. So thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks for being a part of this. We'll be back. See ya. <laughs>